0: free talk live 855-450-3733 it's a live tuesday night edition of free talk live it's mark with you a demo? I pushed the wrong button. I'm sorry. That's all right. And a demo here.
1: <laughs> I just
0: pushed the button for the, the the mic two instead of mic three. Excuse me. So our uh, our, our normal first chair host, Ian, is uh, off doing the politics thing, I think, at the, the school
2: board. Yes, he evening. is uh, very concerned about the children, so he is checking <laughs> out the uh, school board propaganda.
0: I can't imagine what he hopes to accomplish there uh, this evening, but of course they make the process, so arduous and difficult that it's yeah, very difficult. To I do. know
2: there was the Libertarian Party Convention this past weekend, too, here in New Hampshire, and mm-hmm. some folks went over there, and, hey, whatever whatever is your cup of tea is your cup of tea, but I kind of stay away from those types of things.
0: I think liber- uh, Ian went over there, and uh, I think he's going to be running for office under the Libertarian ticket.
2: Yes, I think that's the plan. He always goes back and forth. We always have good conversations about... Uh, you know, we've had conversations where ideology were, like, spot, spot on, and then he does some of these actions where, like... Well, it's
0: implementation through. that I uh, think that those that are inside the system and outside the system might uh, disagree on. And, you know, I mean, whatever. Yeah,
2: it's it's a megaphone, and, you know, he understands, obviously, uh, the system and its, uh, its uh, setup, but yet he thinks it's a good time to uh, educate people, so... By all means.
0: Fine by me. I guess he'll be back, probably be back sometime this evening. So, um, you know, keep listening. But until then, you can give us a call at 855 450 3733. It's an interactive program. You can call in, talk about what you want to talk about. Also, we have an interactive website where you can go and link to. Blogs or uh, videos or news stories, whatever you think is important, and you know, put it on our website. People will vote it up, vote it down. You can do the same with other people's, and it's kind of this, uh, you know, crowdsourced news aggregator thing. It's freetalklive.com, where we have all our archives available going back for five years or something like that, completely available to you for free um, at archives.freetalklive.com. So, a demo I've got a story here. And this one is from abcnews.com, dot uh, com, and apparently there was a, a, a an assignment given to some kids in an elementary uh, class school, and it's seventh grade. Now I don't know why seventh was seventh grade in your elementaries?
2: Yeah, I think uh, eighth eighth grade is when we went off to the. Well, I had, we had a weird school because I had eighth and ninth grade in one school, mm-hmm. and then uh, K through seven in another.
0: I always thought traditionally K through six was elementary, um, seventh, eighth, uh, you know, we're considered junior high, and then nine through ten was uh, was high school. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah, I was
2: just—I think my school district did this because of. Um, well, I know they did it because when they their first school was really small, and so when they built the new the new elementary school, they held a couple. You know they. Built that for K through seven, then had eight and nine here, and then the the current high school was big enough to fit three grades instead of the four. I see, and so it's all split big- it up instead of getting rid of a building. That's probably back when government was a little more accountable than the other day today they just probably bulldoze Tear it all down and build new ones yeah right in the same spot and push school off a year or something you know Well,
0: these kids were given an assignment to, to create a recruiting pr- poster for the crusades okay now the crusades are well you know as it says here the 11th 12th and 13th centuries uh the catholic church waged war against uh, the muslim turks to regain access to holy sites in jerusalem and the this was in uh, Hamilton Elementary School in Fresno, uh, California, and I don't know if there's a Fresno anything else, but Fresno, California. So, you know, some kids came up with their recruitment posters, and there's one in particular that appeared to upset some parents. And it's a picture of Jesus. Okay. Now, you know, you got to be real careful drawing pictures of Jesus already, because somebody. I am just upset, thinking right? in my
2: head while you're telling me this story. I have no idea what, what you're going to hit me with here, but. At the end, of, I was like, this is going to be a bomb because they are opening so many doors, you know, even for little kids. The the first thing that came to my mind was like, why are we waging war? Like, didn't God say, don't kill thy neighbor, but kill for me, I guess? But anyways, they they seem to be opening a lot of doors here. So a picture of Jesus is drawn. And let's, uh, you know, I mean... the. The church has sanctioned
0: all kinds of wars throughout its history, and and you know now uh, I mean the the military has chaplains uh, right. serving inside, uh, you know, advocating for war and that kind of thing. So you know,
2: yeah, I forget if it was in the Band of Brothers, or I'm sure it's probably an old war tale or or saying. But uh, if God's on our side, who's on theirs? Is is sure, the saying yeah, sure, but the idea.
0: And, of course, they think God's on their side, too. Right. Um, So, you know, interesting uh, that's going on. So this is a picture of Jesus, and it says, uh, kill all infidels. It says, I need you, and it has the sort of Uncle Uncle Sam thing. Oh, the pointer,
2: the pointy finger.
0: Yeah, and it says, uh, I need you to kill all infidels. Meet me in Jerusalem. Uh, Get a free ticket to heaven. Now. None of these things are inaccurate wow. for the Crusades. I mean, basically, the, the Catholic Church was handing out – it's the only church at the time – was handing out dispensations for anybody, anybody who went to war, didn't care what you did fighting the infidel. Right. You know, sodomize their women afterwards, whatever. Yep. Yep, it's Free fine. Ticket. Now, you know, I got the impression that many of these uh, holy knights, uh, you know, were were really good guys, but at the same time, yeah, were a lot of them were really bad ones too. And uh, the Catholic Church dispensationed all of them. So, I mean, none of this stuff is inaccurate. Meet, meet me in Jerusalem. Obviously, their goal was to to secure the holy sites. Yep. And I, you know, I mean, none of this is is is. So, is this
2: child like scolded or punished?
0: Well, apparently there's just a rigmarole among parents, a big hullabaloo. Um, it says, I, I, I do believe common sense tells you that this may not be appropriate for K through 8 school, right in the main lobby where, this are post, these posters are in the main lobby for everyone to see, right where uh, ch- each child passes on their way to school and home, says uh, Chris Alafaro, who has a second grade daughter in the school. Probably can't read this, uh, you know, does, certainly doesn't care about the pictures on the wall, but, you know, whatever, Chris does. And He's, Halifar and his wife uh, said to the principal uh, that they had that the principal had agreed to, uh, that their uh, plain, complaint would be addressed, and that's basically it. But you know, there were some parents that got upset, and uh,
2: among and this them- is over this one child's art. Like there was, I was wondering kind of what what the, what the other children's art reflected, and then that brings in the question: What were they taught about the Crusades? Because this child seems to have hit the nail on the coffin, <laughs> and uh, you know this you know uh, completed the task that was assigned to him. You know by making whatever. You know that that's the first question, and I don't know if we have the answer to that. But the second concern is now they're upset with what the the artistic manner in which he chose to uh, portray what happened, and how eerily it is to like United States propaganda. You know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, it's I, Uncle I, Sam, it's what he's seeing, and this this seventh grader or whatever has made the connection. You know, you know that this tells a lot in me to like. The kid doesn't know probably all the ins and outs of the political sphere and government workings, but, but he yet- knows
0: that uh, a guy pointing. By the way, it wasn't Uncle Sam first; it was uh, Major something or other, Major Bristol or something like that from in uh, World War One okay. with the big handlebar mustache, uh, you know, telling the the Britons that the the, the king needs him needs them, but. Um, you know, and then it went to Uncle Sam because it's a great iconic piece. Right. And then, you know, this the child just takes it, transposes it, uh, transposes it to Jesus. Um, you know, you've got this character um, you know, and, you know, they, they apply whatever terms they do to Jesus. And I wonder what the parent is upset about exactly.
2: Well, it's. Well, I, I, yeah, exactly. Reality? Exactly. That's what I mean. And the fact that they could now realize that their kid has been brainwashed by the public schooling system because. I mean this is the 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 church is the state essentially of the past, and you know it's still some form of a state or statism and so now they've done whatever and have decided to you know give the assignment to the kid and now through like his inner workings of like the propaganda the pledge of allegiance, which does or doesn't happen anymore, but sure it does but you know without without an exact lesson you have seen the correlation from like the propaganda given to the, I mean, it's the same principle. There is a state today. There was a state then it's all about control. It's all about, you know, violence to, to get your control or whatever you want. And yet the kid, uh, carried out the assignment the same way the government carries out its task today.
0: Do you think it's uh, this uh, this poster that uh, was put up in this Fresno Elementary School is offensive and shouldn't be up in uh, in in a in a school? Give us a call at 855-450-3733. Enlighten me as to why cuz I I certainly don't know. It's 855-450-3733. That's um, you know that's FREE for those of you who want to use uh, letters on your number or letters on your uh, on your telephone. And it's Mark with you. And a demo. And this is the live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live. Uh, your calls are next. 855-450 Free. Free Talk Live. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world, it's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one, it's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com cranecom ecom Talk Live 855 453. That's the sacred toll free call in line here on the live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. A demo. You can give us a call at 855 450 3733. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Also, if you're looking for precious metals, uh, the place to go is gold.freetalklive.com because you're going to get the best prices you're going to be able to find on the internet. We've teamed up with uh, Midas Resources and the the rates over there are the best you're going to be able to find among uh, the you know the retailers of precious metals. I'm sure that you can go poke around someplace on eBay or something and find somebody who's selling some dimes a little cheaper. But you know this is really the way to get if, uh, gold and silver because not only uh, do they sell gold and silver, but they'll buy it back from you too. We've got a great selection there. You can comparison shop at gold.freetalklive.com and when you buy gold from gold.freetalklive.com, you Help! Free talk live. It's gold dot dot com. A demo. Let's go ahead and just get into the phone calls here. Um, Marcus, you're call You're on free talk live. What's on your mind?
3: i I wanna. I wanna know if you think uh, the Supreme Court is gonna slam Obama on health care.
0: You know, I think it could go one way or the other um, i you know i wouldn't pre presuppose to know it's uh it, it, the, the Supreme Court split conservative and liberal um, they have uh, you know there's some pretty good arguments for the you know, the federal government having forced people to do things in the past, so I don't really know. Do you have any thoughts marcus
3: well i don't I don't think it could I don't think it should because it's against the Constitution.
2: The, oh, the health care is against the Constitution. No, the mandatory.
0: Now, as I understand, there was a mandate in the um, late 18th century that every man needed to own a gun. Um, and that basically forces people to buy something. So, I mean, you know, what's I, – I, was that constitutional?
2: Well,
3: I don't
4: know.
2: Or the time when they took all the silver from the financial backing of the paper, yeah, you then, know confiscated gold and that kind of thing. I I just don't have too much faith. I know there's a lot of uh, talk about it and and eyes on it for those that uh, pay attention to the political sphere, but at the end of the day, it's it's pretty much a coin toss, right? No one really knows what they're going to do. We don't know the behind the, the closed doors, deals, the intentions, plans of whatever... You know, figures individuals have, and I would guess that
0: they're going to keep some of it and toss some of it. Would be my guess. Sure,
2: and then then, then, and then you could both sides have, call a victory. Yeah, the, the the middle of the ground thing, and yeah, both sides say, "Hey, we did good. The system works. Ha yeah. ha ha." We yes, shoved we a little more
0: uh, tyranny right. down the Americans' throats, and, and we win
2: six more years later, or five, or whatever. They'll get the other half that they took out, yeah. or uh, slide it through some other bill.
0: It'll be constitutional then, Marcus.
5: Yeah, yes, I, of course.
0: I hope not. <laughs>
3: no Thanks i don't either yep, same i here. don't want i don't want it i don't want it to be mandatory that's not what i don't want
2: i'm with you well then we got to get rid of all the government because they seem to uh, <laughs> make everything mandatory. mandatory it's all Thanks, back Marcus. it's all uh coercion backed by the uh you know use of force
0: that's what they do i mean they they make everything mandatory you're gonna pay us it's mandatory exactly oh well it's not mandatory you could just go to jail let's go to rick Colin from, it looks like Port Charlotte. Rick, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
3: Yeah, how you doing, Mark? Good to talk to you guys again. All's well. Uh, the other night, you guys were talking about the Ron Paul Fest uh, at the Florida State Fairgrounds being shenaniganed and stonewalled by the Republican Party during the convention. Right. I got an email about 10 minutes before your show started from my local Ron Paul organizer mm-hmm. saying it's on, it's paulfestival.com.
0: paulfestival.com?
3: Paulfestival dot com. Uh tickets go on sale Friday. And what's the Act venue are being lined up right now?
0: What's the venue?
3: The Florida State Fairgrounds.
0: Oh, at the Florida State Fairgrounds?
3: Yeah, at, they said after much uh it's participation a nice website. And, call, and calls from uh you know our supporters throughout the state and the country, blah blah blah. So it thanked the pressure we put on the you know, locally here, I guess.
0: So it was so that, uh, the 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 state fairgrounds capitulated?
3: Yes, uh, apparently it is a done deal.
0: Uh, Well, it looks like it. I mean, there's there's a website here that's claiming on August 24th through 26th in Tampa, Florida, the Ron Paul uh, revolution rocking for Ron, uh, you know, was going on uh, in Tampa. So that looks it looks great.
2: Uh, Did the uh, did the email shed any light on to the because the last I heard this story, there was a lot of um, controversy about the Republican Party buying up all the events or putting a clause in with all other venues that did they ever discuss how that hurdle was reached?
3: No, it was basically just a press release. I think from the local grassroots, the local organizers. Through it, you know, the grapevine spread pretty quick as far as that goes. Someone put it on Facebook, and then I guess it just got forwarded out.
2: Right, and nobody wanted to look. But s- it did really,
3: but it didn't really address any of the stonewalling by anything like that. You know, i say it was more of an upbeat. Hey, we got it. Let's party. Let's have a good time.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, I guess at least they didn't wait to hold out until the absolute last end, where you you know at least you have some time to plan now, and the the website does look really good here.
3: Yeah, that wasn't something they threw together
0: this
2: afternoon. That's no, sure. no, this was ready not
3: to go. So not. Yeah, I, I love the uh,
0: list here of celebrities for Ron Paul. This matters to somebody, um, and you know it, it. It looks great. I, I've seen this Juliette Lewis's face before. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to be mean to any actor or actress. I just don't know these people very well. I'm not any kind of uh, expert. There's a Peyton Hillis. Looks like a. Well, he looks big enough to be a football player. Um, and Amy Allen. I don't know. She looks like she might sing something. And uh, Gerald Clemente, obviously, um, you know he's a he's a big name. Prodigy of Mob Deep. Huh. Who knew? <laughs>
3: yeah, I like I've... you guys. I don't do a lot of TV watches, so I probably won't know half of them either. But I'm sure they're going to have some good music, th- uh, music bands. Well,
0: I, I I can tell you, you know who uh, Vince Vaughn is. I mean, that's a big name. Kelly Clarkson, uh, she won one of those idol things or something like that uh what's the my the, girlfriend
2: Amer- likes her yeah, yeah american idol she was on
0: but yeah there's a yeah. bunch of great people Joe on Perry here. from aerosmith
2: yeah nolan ryan oliver stone and then the cool. usual peter Schiff's, the john mayors the i hope all these people are th- there it doesn't seem likely though <laughs> no, for good- some
3: reason i think it's going to be easier to get in the fairgrounds and in the uh the cp times forum that weekend yeah
0: yeah well, that's awesome. I I really hope this goes off because it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. Um, and yeah, maybe
3: if we get a few hundred more amp listeners signed up, you guys can come down for it.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you think you can get Ian back to Florida? He might actually have to go see his mom and dad if he gets down there.
3: Yeah, I know. It's right down the street. Heck, I'm right down the street from where you guys used to be too. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, watching a you know, storm roll it roll in over Charlotte Harbor in my new condo. It's cool. There you go. Well, Rick, hey, I, I man, appreciate it. Are you gonna go to this event, uh, by the way? I, absolutely, I already told. I already called my girlfriend. I said it's on the calendar.
0: What uh, are you going to stay up there? And, um, are you going to stay up there? Or are you going to drive back every night?
3: I don't know. I, I I don't even for the hour and a half drive. I don't know. It's it'd a be long drive it that weekend. It'd be tough. It'd be tough to. It'd be tough to get a place to stay.
0: Yeah, they've got uh, travel and lodging here. I mean, Tampa is huge and has a lot of a uh, lot of hotels in it. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's I gonna... got
3: a feeling you'd have to be well into St. Pete before you found anything reasonable.
2: You're probably right. You're you're probably right. Well, still, Liberty Community is always good for the. Couch crashing, surfing. There ain't no
3: way my girlfriend would do that. I've been trying to get her to couch surf for years.
0: Just bring your little single-man tent and uh, stay at this fairgrounds.
2: There you go. There
3: we go. I'll rent a minivan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or you could try to uh, win Marv, the uh, mobile authority resistance vehicle. That's right. You guys are
3: raffling that off. Can I do that remotely? Can I sign up that on the website?
2: Sure can. com. P-E-T-E-E-Y-R-E. I'll
3: buy a ticket tomorrow when they turn my internet on.
2: Thanks for the call, Rick.
0: 855, 453. I'm really excited that the Ron Paul, uh, the Paul Fest is going on at paulfest.org. MindThings.com is a fun online game that pits you against people around the world to mine for scarce resources. Do business in a capitalist economy with virtually mined gold tax-free. You could be a trader doing business between cities, a pirate lying in wait for hapless traders, a guard capturing pirates, or one of nine other professions. It doesn't require a big-time commitment. Your mining robots work whether you're logged in or not. It costs nothing to play, but you can buy bonuses. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MindThings.com, use coupon code FTL, double your mining speed. It's free. MindThings.com free talk live 855 453 that's the sacral toll-free call in line it's the live tuesday night edition of free talk live with mark
2: and a demo i didn't say and before so i felt like i i kind of left it to the three-person chair thing so and a demo just us two are
0: here <laughs> you feel like you've got to complete the sentence yes right? you know it is a little odd Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. 450 check out freetalklive.com we give all kinds of features on the website completely free for you and if uh you know if you want news about the show the best way to go to find out all the different ways that you can get news about Free Talk Live uh, is if you're interested in the show. This is the best way to connect: is go to news.freetalklive.com. You can uh, hook up with our Twitter account or friend us on uh, your Facebook account, and probably the best way is the emailed updates. Uh, sign up for the emailed updates at news.freetalklive.com, and a demo Pork Fest coming up. The beginning of next week.
2: Yeah, we're under a week. It's like right uh, here. Me and the girlfriend went out today, got a tent and another uh, you know, tarp, starting to check the uh, gear and make sure everything's in line. I, I know it's early, but I bet you there's a bunch of other folks probably doing the same stuff. Yeah,
0: now's the time to do it. If you need yeah. to get gear, uh, one of the, a really great place to go is uh, manventureoutpost.com. They've got some of the best rates on uh, camping, hunting, and shooting gear. But the Porcupine Freedom Festival is a gathering of, well, it's probably going to be about 1,200. 11, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying 1,200. That's what I was guessing. 1,000-plus people um, in the woods of New Hampshire who care about liberty. And it's all put on by the Free State Project. The Free State Project is a concept to get people who care about liberty enough to move to move all to one state, in order in a small state and a less populated state, in order to be able to have a larger effect on um, you know the the whatever's going on in the state. Um, you know, some people are interested in the legislative stuff. Some people are in, interested in you know the outside the system stuff, creating uh, little free communities for themselves. And you can find out more at freestateproject.org. You can go over there and get signed up. I moved years ago for the Free State Project, and it is, you know, it's the best thing going for liberty right now. Freestateproject.org. So, a demo. Yes. The, I believe it's the pledge that one takes when one joins the Libertarian Party, and it's kind of the Libertarian creed, even for people who aren't, you know, party members. Um, you know, I, it, basically, it is that uh, I shall not use uh, force in order to achieve personal or uh, political gains. I shall not initiate force in order to achieve personal or political gains. Initiates important aspect of this because what it, it presupposes is is that if somebody uses force against you, that you're then allowed to use, I guess, a commensurate amount of force to prevent them from you know doing that, to stop them to, as retribution. It doesn't really stop retaliatory force. Uh, violence right
2: well yeah that's my understanding
0: now uh, that's the what they call the non-aggression principle or the zero aggression principle and it's kind of interesting the nuances of it and there's a news story out right now that might fit into one of the nuanced areas of uh, the non-aggression principle
2: i'm all even this is always a hot topic with everybody when can you use force like man is like obsessed with this time to know when they can punch somebody in the face you know like i'm more or less worried about just getting by my daily life but These are always interesting conversations. So, what's the story?
0: The story is a Texas father caught a man sexually assaulting his four year old daughter. Um, Apparently, and I've heard a couple of stories on uh, exactly how it happened, but I guess the the family was out taking care of the farm or something, left the daughter in the house, uh, you know, and there was a guy there that, uh, a horse groomer or something like that, that was uh, there. He, uh, you know, attempted to have his way with the four year old. Um, The father. Returns home, catches the catches them, you know, catches the man in the act, and stopped him by striking him in the head several times. I think that there's a stress on several in this story. Pick the story up. The man was pronounced dead on the scene, while the daughter was taken to a local hospital in Victoria, Texas, for examinations before she was released. The incident took place on Saturday. Um, Harmon described the girl as okay, I guess this is the father's name, okay, besides the obvious mental trauma, Um, asked whether he would press – oh, excuse me, this is the sheriff here – asked whether he would press charges against the father, the sheriff responded – you have the right to defend your daughter. He acted in defense of, uh, his, of his third person. Once the investigation's completed, we'll submit it to the district attorney, who then submits it to the grand jury, and the grand jury will decide whether or not to indict him.
2: Isn't that always interesting how the cops, they charge millions of people every day with tickets, pink slips, extortions, whatever, for money, yet when it's actually of something of, like, wow, there should maybe be a charge here. There is there is definitely a law, you know, allowing or, disre- or, or not allowing this. And yet when those times come up, the cops are like, well, we just do the investigation and these people hand out the charges. But every other time you hand out the charges, easy peasy, but – Continue on. I think I see where this is headed.
0: Well, basically, um, you know, the, the, the victim died from blunt force head trauma and neck injuries. Um, I mean, the father beat him to death and caught him in the act with his four-year-old daughter. And, I, you know, I just I wonder not whether or not this person should be charged, because I think that, you know, that always comes down to moral answers. And I guess my question is, is it moral? Did the father, I mean, you know, the, so it seems reasonable that a man should lose control. If a man's going to lose control, this would be the moment that it would be okay,
2: right? Yeah, I mean, this is not consensual. You, you <laughs> know, I, I don't think the four-year-old was like, you know, no. we're in a relationship. And I, I'm if not then, she asked for it. I highly doubt it. And so, you know, I, I think I think where the state would go with this is, would be to say, well, you know, so-and-so did have a right to defend himself, but he didn't have a right to hit him 15 times or Or, to protect his family, but not to this extent and that 's just hogwash you know uh, if I mean then the whole argument would be like, Well, did he die on the first blow or the last blow, and that 's what the courts would and the things and at the end of the day that 's not justice I mean, if people would really you know look up or seek the true meaning of justice, it is identifying the that there is a victim, and we 've identified that there's a four year old who is yep. a victim here who is unable to defend herself with you know how would that four year old have did it would if the four-year-old would have been the one hitting them in the head, I don't think we'd be talking about the number of times the person was hit. No. You know, like if it was the, but when it's the other person, like, oh, you stopped the rape, but you didn't have to hit him 15 times, or you didn't have to shoot him 30 times. Well, wow. at this point,
0: the father hasn't been charged, so we don't know what the state's going to do. I mean, this has to go in front It has to be an indictment from through a grand jury, and it may be that the grand jury says, you know, eh, I can't see charging this guy, and you know, if I'm sitting on that grand jury, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm sitting here asking myself in this circumstance. You know, the father could have hit him fewer number of times than he did. And it says here that the father's remorseful. I can only take his word for it. But, I mean, what would you say if you had a possible indictment hanging over your head? I, mean,
2: I would definitely feel bad if if I was ever put in a moment where I had to take a life. I would definitely feel bad about having to take that life, but I would not, like— if you were choking me out and I had to hit you in the head with a bottle and, like, I wasn't trying to kill you, but you get you off me and you just so happen to die, uh, I would definitely feel bad about taking a life. I don't ever want to have to take a life, but I don't ever want to be choked out and murdered on a street corner or anything either.
0: So, do you, But do you see how the father probably could have hit this guy half the amount of times and, uh, you know, certainly stopped the act? You know, busting into the room and saying... What the hell are you doing? Would have stopped the act, um, likely, and then he could have called the law or whatever. So I mean,
2: well, to me, it's like justice, though, and, and like this guy right. is—he is not only—I don't know the circumstances of what he was in the house or if we touched on that. Like, is this like a, a roommate? A
0: horse groomer.
2: Okay, so he has no business being in the house, and he has no business, you know. So he, it's there are many violations other than the the direct violation to this four year old daughter, which is definitely the most severe, but. He's trespassed on property, broken entry, probably. Now is using force to harm somebody else, like. How many people want to live around this guy at this point?
0: So do you think that this is essentially a lawful execution in the sense that, uh, you know, the guy was caught in the act and, you know, the, the father killed him and it would have been OK if he would have pulled out a gun and shot him, that kind of thing?
2: I think, yes, if the the, the justice would be in the eye of the person who walked through the door. And uh, if he felt the only thing he could do is hit him a couple times with a thing and that cost him his life, well, the guy made a very bad decision to break into somebody's home. Uh, get on top of, you know, or force yeah, himself. Do whatever on
0: t- he was doing with a four-year-old girl. Uh, yeah,
2: on a four-year-old girl. And, uh, you know, and and that's what I was saying. If this goes to an, a, an indictment for a jury, like, these people are going to be brainwashed. I'm like, you know, look at how many times he hit them. You know, they'll be telling them the answers. You know, I was indicted for three felonies on wiretapping, and I'm, I can only imagine what they were told to get that approval.
0: I've got a story that uh, relates to this, a personal story. And, uh, you know, I, I, hang on. Uh, the numbers 855-450-3733 if you have comments on this story. It's 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live.
1: Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique Silver Dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on M-E-M-E dot com.
0: Dog Live, 855-453, that's the single Toll Free call-in line. And you can call in, talk about what's on your mind here in the, uh, the live Tuesday night edition
2: of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Ademo, promoted to second chair now.
0: <laughs> that's right, Jerry.
2: <laughs> Moving up in the time. world.
0: The big time now.
2: I'm still sitting in the same seat, if you, listen, if you can see the cam, but I feel more important. Real
0: quick, tell everybody about uh, your efforts over at coplock.org.
2: Uh, Coplock.org is a decentralized organization uh, focused on police accountability and sharing those tactics. So uh, folks can visit coplock.org. There is a multitude of things going on there, Uh, an about page, a store, uh, get involved, uh, all kinds of great stuff. And, you know, it's expanded into a copreports.com, a sister site, uh, working with some other folks who is a database basically for police. So that's getting going there. There's ways to get up there. There's resources Uh, All kinds of stuff, the ways to submit a post, and there's just a lot of folks there.
0: Um, I mentioned uh, SACL CAI as the sponsor of our phone lines. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. If you got into the business that you got into in order to do that business and not handle accounts receivable and collections and all these vexing tasks, SACL CAI can handle it for you and handle it in a way that will leave you happy that they do. Uh, They treat your clients with respect. You can find their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. It's SACL CAI principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of uh, Free Talk Live and a big supporter of Liberty. It's SACL, C-A-I. So we're talking about this story out of Texas with, uh, where you know, I mean, this is a big story right now. Apparently a father on Saturday caught a uh, uh, a horse groomer um, in his home messing with his four-year-old daughter and, you know, some, I I guess what they interpreted as uh, sexually abusing uh, the the four-year-old. And the father beat him to death uh, with his yeah. hands. And, uh, Ademo, you said, yep, you know, I get it. I understand. And, you know, when you look at the facts of this case, I think that that's that's cool. But one of the things, you know, it's fine. Like, you know, I understand. I guess I understand. Having a four-year-old, I understand.
2: Yeah, just to me, it's like it's it's no one else's business, really. I mean, this guy violated, you know, multiple property rights, basic uh you know uh rights that people have like you should be secure in your home you do not force yourself on others you do not walk into somebody's house without being invited and you know so even if i was the neighboring pacifist to this guy and i didn't believe in taking any life i still would be like well johnny did what he thought he had to do i might have pulled the guy off and walked him off my property but none of my business
0: one of the reasons I like uh, the idea of somebody getting some kind of trial afterwards is because we never know. There's a there's a huge uh, in this country this, this uh, it's a witch hunt essentially for uh, sex offenders. You know they you, you'll hear people call people have called in here many times and saying that sex offenders should get the death penalty and things like that. And you know I understand where they're coming from. This is despicable behavior, when, especially when you're talking about a four year old. But what it does in the process is that it will also sweep. People up. I had a situation, as I told, uh, you know, teased the, the listeners uh, before the break is I had a personal situation. I was this was seven, eight, nine years ago, something like that. I was in a camping uh, site in North Florida. I, I had a, my fiance at the time wanted to see a cave and was hoping to see some bats. And she's from Florida, had never seen a cave before in her life. I knew that there was a cave over in North Florida. And, you know, it's a six-hour drive up. Uh, we'll go camping for a night and in my, my mom's van, and uh, we'll come on back. And maybe she'll see some bats. And this is the kind of thing that boyfriends do for girlfriends. So we were spending the night in the uh, uh, the – the Batmobile. The camp, the camp campground. This was just. A, <laughs> this was a uh, a panel van. And uh, for my story, it doesn't sound very good. You know, I used to call it the child molester van. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm. This is the next morning. Going in, I'm getting my shower or whatever at the uh, you know these one, one of these camping things. And you know how these things are kind of grody or whatever. And a little boy comes in. Let's call him three or four. And he wanted to use the bathroom and he needed help. He couldn't get a zipper down. And you can totally understand why this might be for a four, three or four year old yep he asked me for help in you know the manner that he would, and you know I stepped off and I, I said to myself you know what i 'm going to have to find your we 're going to have to find your parents yeah because uh, i 'm just not going to be able to help you with your zipper because what i didn 't want to have happen was somebody come in specifically the, the dad and you know, I mean, you don't, I don't know what I'm dealing with here. Um, I'm, deal, I'm dealing with people that will let their four-year-old wander off into a public restroom on his own at a campground is what I'm dealing with. So I didn't, you know, I
2: wasn't going to be able to judge. Yeah, probably guys. not the most logical folks.
0: Yeah, right. I did not want to, um, the dad to walk in with his uh, you know, his uh, chucker cap on and catch me fiddling with the zipper of his son. And so I decided, you know, I don't know what to do. So I went around, I kind of went around and you know, hello, anybody, out this anybody? This Is this son? your kid? Yeah. And uh, you know, nobody answered so I'm like, you know, son, you're going to have to go back to your parents. I don't know. Wh- I don't know what to do.
2: Yeah. For all you knew, uh, you would start to fiddle with a zipper and all of a sudden uh, Chris Hansen would come out of the next stall. From I'm not the, sure who Chris Hansen oh, is. He's the uh, guy on MSNBC who did the To Catch a Predator okay. uh, series. And so like the basis of that is they'd set up, they'd have a very young looking but adult actress. Okay. So, you know, 20 years old, looks like she's 13. Uh-huh. And so they would lure men to come to this house, and then it's, oh, I'm just putting away the laundry, just make yourself comfortable, and the the actor would walk away behind a door, through a door, and all and then, of a sudden, hey, Chris I Hansen am- would come on and say, what are you here for, and why do you have condoms with you? And yep. So yeah, you could have that scenario going. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the movie Big Daddy, when he first... Gets the kid that's supposed to be his, but when he bathes it the first time, he's like, the kid's like, why am I wearing a bathing suit? He's like, I don't know all the rules. Like, <laughs> you know, and yeah, it's a scary world. You know, it's like, uh, you know, this is an extreme scenario. Yeah, if, a, the, it is. if the father had walked in and seen you, like, yes, he could overreact. I don't know if that was, I highly doubt that was the case here. I don't know. It's all we have at this point.
0: And the the convenient thing about dead, uh, you know, def- dead plaintiffs is that they tell no tales. Sure. So there were three people in that room. One of them is four years old. The other's dead. And the third one is telling us the story. So we don't know exactly what occurred there, but... You know, I mean, so this guy, the dead man, get doesn't get to tell his side of the story, and I, I just wonder if I had been that dead guy, if the father, uh, the, the you know, at the 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 park in in Florida pulls out his gun and caps me right there in the restroom, and I'm dead on the floor, then. Whatever he says, I was doing to his son was what I was doing to his son. Well, you that's understand? true,
2: but I mean, if unless there is some like million dollar, like these guys are partners over some fancy horse studs, right? You know, then why would they do it? Right. Then there's an alternative motive, right? But uh, if. You know, unless the guy like snuck. He's up. in the house,
0: and I think that's an important factor. Well, that's what
2: I mean. Like, if I I was trying to put myself in there. So if I just boom open the door and seeing this gr- gruesome act going on, would I like sneak up behind the person and like bing mm-hmm. pop him on the head? No, I'd probably be like, "What the heck are you doing?" Yeah, and then that would be that person's time to go. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa I'm just fixing the zipper. <laughs> because then I'd be like, "What do you mean you're just fixing the zipper?" Like I'd stop, and then okay. You're a cool guy who's trying to fix a zipper. The kid's asking, we need to have a talk about strangers. I don't need to bash your skull in. But if there are clothes all over the place and the kid is crying right. and... Uh, yeah, like if, you know, if if your pants are off and <laughs> the, yeah.
0: you, the claim is, is that the kid need help with a the zipper, then it's a much tougher story to sell, no doubt. And, I, you know, I mean, I don't know what happened here and... It's hard, hard, hard for me to feel remor- any kind of uh, remorseful feelings for a guy that was actually doing something like this, uh, you know, being beaten to
2: death. But even still, let's say it's a misunderstanding. Let's say he was helping the little girl with her shoelaces or something. Uh, he probably had no, if he, if he had no business to be in the house, if his job never required him to be in the house, then like, you know, you you need to be aware of your surroundings. If you trespass in the wrong area, it could be a fatal decision. I mean, if you drive 120 miles an hour, which is making a bad decision, so is trespassing in someone's property or breaking into their house, they could have fatal consequences. And, you know, like this government casts a shadow that, like, it's okay or no big deal, and then they cause it. So I just hope that the political sphere doesn't get involved in this and, you know, a bunch of people who are scared that, oh, this this was brutal and vicious. Uh, yes, it was, but so was what the guy was doing. And again, it's none of my business. And I hope it doesn't get into political thing. like, oh, we have to at least say if you're going to kill someone, you got to do it nicely or something.
0: Yeah, at this point, I don't think the law is going to be able to fix anything here. No. Um, I mean, I just, don't, I just don't think that's the case. At this point, this is considered a sex crime because that's the story the dad's telling. And if he's smart enough, yep. and, and now that he's got a lawyer, he's not going to tell any different story. So at this point, it's just basically a lesson to sex offenders. Even if this wasn't the case with this uh, with the man that's dead here, they're not giving out his name at this
2: point, um, right, at least but, in the story. But in other words, like if the police, if they had a necessity, they could investigate it, see if there was an alternative motive, or you know, private individuals could have this taken care of in case of death without the government. But I'm sure the uh, person who's deceased here. If the family finds out about, or when they find out about this, not if.
0: Yeah, they're going to. They're
2: going to find out about it. Uh, and if they know about some million-dollar life insurance or bad business, those will come out again. And then maybe there'll be more to look at. So,
0: If you've got any thoughts on this story, give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line 855-450-3733. Actually, I got this story from freetalklive.com, so it does work to uh, load stories up on our news aggregator. It's at 855-453 on Free Talk Live.
1: Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's bigger,
0: gayer dance party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping
6: dance music and a giant tent full of Liberty Lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Oh, uh, g- g- sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Violencia. There's
0: going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedomcom dance party. we'll toll-free call in line here in the second hour of free talk lives live tuesday edition with mark a demo i pushed the wrong button again
2: that's okay i'm still here and a demo <laughs> do it once an hour <laughs> that's okay
0: our normal first seat host uh, ian freeman is out at oh i don't know some school board meeting or something like that trying to get involved in the system save us all from the tyranny of the man
2: he's just worried about the children what about the children <laughs>
0: So uh, I I hear that he will be back sometime this evening. If not, uh, you know, don't don't count on it. Don't hold your breath. But yeah. uh, you know, we'll keep we'll keep the home fires burning here on Free Talk Live. And uh, Free Talk Live is an interactive website where you can go and uh, link to p- stories that uh, that interest you. We actually just read one in the last hour. Um, and you can link to stories or blog posts or videos there and vote vote up other people's, vote them down. They can do the same with yours, and it's a it's a great news aggregation website. And uh, you can go get involved there with the Free Talk Live community. It's a great – if a story is important to you, that is a great way to get a bunch of eyes on it. Probably a lot more than you've got uh, friends on Facebook would be would be my guess. And I've got numbers uh, – I've got internet numbers to prove it. He's got uh, I- internet clout. That's right. So let's go. But, but Free Talk Live is a show about your calls. So let's go to the phones. Uh, Frank in New York, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
7: Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that I'm finding it very humorous, the, uh, all of the talk about Ron Paul and Rand Paul and, you know, kind of uh, the dream is over. And, uh, and it, reminds me a lot, it reminds me a lot about H. Ross Perot who was able to get his little party together. And mm-hmm. the man who made his first billion by cutting the welfare and the social checks for the federal government with his company did the, the rhetoric against government and against spending and against social welfare and all this stuff. And even he even uh, talked about uh, the evils of NAFTA, yet he and his son built one of the biggest truck transport facilities at the border between Texas and Mexico that's making billions and billions of dollars for the Peros. So, you know, I find it humorous that people, again, sort of like Charlie Brown with Lucy holding the football, uh, oh, Charlie Brown, I'll hold it, just kick it, oh, but you always pull it away, Lucy. No, I, I'm going to do it this time. And then as he kicks it, she pulls it away, and he flips back on his head. When will the American voters wise up? I mean, let's face it, Ron Paul was a wonderful congressman who voted uh, you know, in a in a very fine manner for a lot of, you know, the the constitutional uh points of view and uh for that he should be commended. But I mean, the man's a 33 degree mason, he's part of the establishment. This is all kind of just to keep, you know, the uh Joe six-pack that isn't drinking the six-pack that really? maybe has
0: two. I mean, Ron Paul's been in political office since the 80s. I mean, you think that I they, know that. They, and he's
7: been a very good congressman but, in Texas. But, I mean, but you the know— the point I mean, so, is— Right.
0: But the, hold on. if, if this, this can't be some kind of conspiracy because the guy's been doing it too consistently for too long.
7: Well, come on. This whole thing—remember what I said before all this stuff happened with Rand endorsing him? The way the convention's going to play out is that— Uh, No one is going to win the first ballot, and Jeb Bush will be nominated, and probably Rand Paul will be his vice presidential, you know. So you don't think – And that's going to be it. That's the game plan. I heard it in January from big insiders, and they're laughing about the system. And just to make sure it's going to work, George Soros' company in Spain is going to count the election results, something like 37 of the 50 states. Well, but, so, I you know, mean, it's kind of. It's kind what about of, these state uh,
0: conventions, though, Frank? I mean, there's me? a, the, the, these state conventions clearly aren't going the way they're supposed to go. I mean, uh, Romney lost Massachusetts, his home
7: state. And, and Romney's not going to be the nominee. Romney has some big financial scandals that are going to start to materialize in the next two months, and he's not going to be the candidate. And Benjamin Netanyahu wants. Uh, Mitt Romney, because they were old friends as graduate students in Cambridge, you know, in Massachusetts. But the point is, Benjamin Netanyahu is a whore, and whoever whoever is elected by the establishment, he will be forced to deal with. And that's basically it. See, that, so, that, mean, that's a good point right there. That's a good Romney point. Romney watch it, you know, I mean, it's very interesting.
2: Yeah, it's a t- and, good point what you said there is that they're forced to deal with. And, like, I don't know if I buy necessarily, like— uh Ron Paul is maybe like attending Bilderberg group meetings and uh getting his oh, I never email. said that. I know, no. I never I'm, said I'm not, that. I'm not saying you did. I was just saying to <laughs> to some level. I I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just saying that I don't think he is directly related as like much as uh Obama or Romney or others are but yet he has done something that you know I've tried to do myself as an activist, and which is create a public persona. And that way, when the man does try to harm me, I have the ability to reach out to a network and do something. So Ron Paul has done that, and he's probably had a big enough megaphone that the man, whoever that might be, whether it's government or lobbyists or whatever interests would like to silence him, uh, it's actually best to have he's him there. He's
7: silencing himself now. Well, I mean, this is basically it. He's betrayed all of those supporters that have supported him for two presidential campaigns and put in millions and millions and millions of dollars into his coffers for his campaign. And now he's, you know, pulling out and admitting, just like Ross Pro did, all of the people who were for Ross Pro. And then the end. I have to pull out. I mean, he's leaving the people hanging there, and it's going to mark my words. Obama won't be reelected, but. What's going to happen, it's not going to be Mitt Romney, and it's, it's kind of funny. It just and you're predicting that, Jeb, uh, Jeb Bush, the, Bush, right? I don't like Jeb Bush. The Bushes are terrible people. They no, are the worst him. scum this country has produced as leaders. But you're but predicting him. So who this, is
2: going to be it elected? It doesn't
7: matter what I want. The people that make the decisions have made the decisions. And you or I, or none of the voters, will ever be able to have any influence. The well, best we can do is sort of rubber stamp it by... You know, voting, and then whoever counts the electoral votes, or not the electoral votes, the votes, uh, be it an independent company, a computer that can be hacked, that's it. The system is an illusion, just like the free market is an illusion. It never existed. It never will exist. But the point is there are people that, that love their ideologies and their false world views that keep them in a state of false consciousness away from the task at hand. And as long as that happens, the people in power that pull the strings, and it's about 0.0, uh, 0 to 4% worldwide that that, that, the, that are the real power. amount of people so it's less than and the that's 1%? It. I mean – and what, 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 I, but I find it comical and humorous, all of the pundits that are talking about Rand Paul betraying the people and Ron Paul betraying the people. that Listen, it was set up that way. The whole thing is nothing but a joke. I mean, people have to realize that they're impotent politically and economically, and the little bit they have in savings will be gone in the next 18 months. Already the federal government has admitted that 48.2% of the wealth over the last two years is gone. And, you know, that's a government statistic, so it may even be much more. But the point is, this is the reality, and it's time for people to wake up. And already we have illegal executive orders that allow the president to... Have people killed, detained, abroad, kidnapped, without any this, judicial review don't Frank or any day in court? <laughs> he knows. And to no keep one's talking talking about it. No one in the media is talking about it. So Frank this is absurd. In two thousand eight, Ron Paul, after study. his
0: run here in two thousand eight, Ron Paul endorsed a uh, candidate, I think in Texas or something like that, and people got all kerfuffled about that. Um, Colorado. It was a Colorado? Yeah. You know, somebody who wasn't uh, wasn't as Ron y as Ron Paul. But I mean, when you when you're a Republican, you got to play the Republican game to some extent. I mean, you know, the 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 advantage to being a Libertarian is is that you can be as principled as you want to be, and you don't have to, that whole you don't have that whole worry about ever getting elected again. Or that's true. Uh, you have elected, that period.
7: ideological buffer whereby you're free to follow your own ideology. But the point is. The Republican ideology and the Democratic ideology are one and the same. Historically, there was a difference with the two parties. But in reality, it's the same consensus, the same policies are forged, and the same agendas pursued that benefits the corporations, special interests, and the powerful elite. And that's Frank, the thanks. way it's been. And I, it, it just hurts me. But on the other hand, why? I'm not at all surprised.
0: Thanks for the call, Frank. 855-453. Do you want to talk about this Rand Paul endorsement thing? I, you know, I'm not surprised. 855-450-3733. I'm not shocked either. You know, I'm not upset. 855 450 3
4: Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world, Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes with C-Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, LRN.FM, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at C-Crane.com, C-C-R-A-N-E.com.
0: It's a SACL toll free call in line, 855 450 3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And a demo. Bitcoins are fast becoming the world's uh, – they are the premier world's digital currency, and they're potentially anonymous. You don't need to sign any contracts when you start using Bitcoins or any terms of service or anything like that. You can just down go and download the, the free software and be using Bitcoins in just a few minutes. You don't need – They're not owned by any bank or governmental agency or anything like that. So there's no fees when you're purchasing things online with Bitcoins. That's the really great thing about them is you can buy something in seconds online with Bitcoins and you don't have to pay any fees. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. And now, thanks to BitInstant.com, dot com, you can have uh, your bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash in any major bank. I think I hear you can actually do it uh, at Seven Elevens too. Uh, you visit BitInstant.com. dot com, find out more. It's BitInstant.com. Well, let's go to Roy, listen in uh, Maryland. Roy, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
8: Hi, guys. I, I wanted to thank you for your format. I, I really enjoy it. Um, sure. I wanted to. I wanted to dispute the. Uh, Last caller, the member of the left right paradigm that uh, was talking about Ron Paul being a Freemason.
0: Is I'm he not a Freemason? Right I wouldn't know.
8: No, I'm looking right at the text of a statement on Ron Paul Live. It says, Dear Charlotte, I am not or never have been a Freemason. Carol is doing well. Thanks for your support, Ron Paul. And it's on his letterhead, it's in his writing. So.
0: Um, he's denying having ever been a Freemason.
2: I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, assume he's guilty by association, anyways. But
0: I, everything I hear about Freemasons is a good thing. I mean, I you know, I know a lot of people have a lot of strong conspiracy theories that surround the Freemasons. It doesn't mean anything to me. Um, you know, as far as I know, the the Shriners are those guys that uh, you know drive those little cars around with the funny hats on, you right. know, it, and help kids and uh, that that are burn victims. It means you know, it means. I mean, I got a, I got
2: a state ID, but I'm by no means a, a state agent or uh, believe in. And you know the violent monopolies in which they possess. But, anyways,
8: yeah, I don't, I don't have anything other than what you read on the net or see on these cable TV shows to go by. So, I, I mean, I had an uncle that's dead that was just a wonderful person that was a was a really strong Freemason. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but um, as far as the Paul movement, yeah, there's a lot of scorn and a lot of people are upset that they feel like they've been let down by was transpired, and I think they have to wait until Mr. Paul himself actually makes a statement and lets lets them know where they're going you know where they're going to go with the movement that they had some issues down there in New Orleans that made the news where there was some bad bad behavior and some ruckus in a in a delicate uh, meeting down there right. that was probably kind of embarrassing and you know, Alex Jones is running around reporting that there's threats to his life. I mean, there's there's too many factors out there to just totally diminish the group's impetus. And really, the man's made a lot of uh, kind of coalesced uh, a group of people that have issues, and, and he's turned them into where they've become politically active instead of being— Dormant
0: and, and important. I mean, these people are taking over state parties. They're getting things done that, uh, you know, up heretofore were only dreams in the minds of people that uh, believed in liberty and wanted to be involved in politics.
2: So yeah, as opposed to like, I mean, the revolutionary times or something like that, like they overthrowing the king. I think those are some pretty, you know, uh, massive accomplishments for the time. I don't think some guys... I don't know, man. I'm of the mindset that the system is absolutely broke. We talked about this last week when I was on the show. That even if the Ron Paul waves take office, it'll be at the right time. Is in the perfect time for the collapse, the uh, oh bang boom bust cycle of a of a lifetime, and for all the corporate elites or power, you know, power hungry. Uh, folks controlling things to say, look, it's your fault and a uh, way to mess it all up. You know, and uh, th- it's Austrian economics that did this. It's the free market that did this more and more and more control. So in my opinion, we, we all I think most people could look at governments throughout history. They all grow to this point where they dissolve. And uh, I think we're at the point where we should just let this one get as big as possible. Let it blow up. Uh, stop giving it money. Stop funding its wars. The problem and is, is that on. we don't
0: have a government. We have about five layers of government. Um, you know, if the federal government does manage, it is it is bankrupt, and if it uh, the bankruptcy results in you know what you know, collapse of some sort or another, there are still state and municipal and uh, county uh, governments all piled up on top of each other that will continue to maintain this, uh, you know, they'll they'll claim that monopoly privilege on the use of uh, force in a given landmass. Well, how
2: long do you think those smaller governments would make it? Because I know, like, somebody was telling me around here, I don't think it was this county or the one next door, like, oh, we have a $4 million surplus. Like, yeah, and then if the federal government's, like, $70 trillion debt just became real because it's just a ticking billboard right now, that would trickle down because the feds sent so much money for roads and all these other things, schooling, that if the cities would have to actually pay for them or the counties, they would go— I doubt
0: that that, that, I doubt that, that debt would have to be paid
2: by the municipal governments. I mean, the agency that uh, borrowed— No, 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 I'm not saying they'd have to pay it. I'm just saying that, if, you know, $50 million a year is coming to this state for roads— schooling and whatever federal aid, if the federal government would, you know, go bankrupt, okay, we can no longer print money and have debt, which means we can't send you this money. So now this, this, the lower layers of government are going to have to assume these expenses and the people are still entitled and feel that this their rights to have these things. So cutting it won't be the answer. How quickly will they soap up whatever, you know, surplus exists in the lower levels?
0: Roy, thoughts? Guys, I think,
8: guys, I think it's what you don't hear, and this is not be in conspiratorial, that, about debt that, that should scare you, that there's a whole layer of debt called derivative debt that nobody gets educated upon, and it's, it's a manipulative thing that, um, where it's been, been sold as hedges and, and you know, uh, a, a bank against um, radical changes in interest rates and you know, where, where actually cash streams are, are, are pinned. This derivative debt that these banks have just created—that's just been a based on a premise—and we're all. If you look at the U.S. debt clock, it's online and it just whirls. If you look at the bottom quarter of the debt clock, if they have all these indexes listed, they're devoted to to derivative, derivative debt, and it's in the quadrillions. It's like seventy times what our national GDP is, and and all these all these indexes and this debt—they're—they're. Yeah, it should be a real wake-up call,
2: shouldn't it? To folks, yeah, I, mean- I mean...
8: People need to learn about it. I mean, it's, if you start talking to people and just uh, off the cuff about trying to relate what you know, they think you're talking about their own credit card debt. They have no idea that, that what, what, you know, like what the, the uh, income streams and in the state governments and local governments, how they're pinned to this stuff, and how when, when the government right, you know, the Fed decides to create and monetize debt, they're actually turning some of their own derivatives into cash and pocketing that and paying off what's there. Thanks for the call, Roy.
0: 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live.
5: of that same old
7: government-free baklava from Mandrick? how about trying stateless sweets government-free fudge and caramel stateless sweets are made with real ingredients and prepared fresh for delivery to your home order them as a gift a well-deserved decadent treat for yourself or catered for your next event go to statelesssweets.com that's statelesssweets.com
0: Talk live one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can give us a call on the uh, SACL toll free call, call in line here and talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been all across the board tonight talking about oh that uh, father killing uh, some guy down in Texas
2: for touching his daughter. Uh, uh, the, to, Ron the Ron Paul fiasco.
0: The Ron Paul Rand Paul endorsement of Romney. Uh, you know whatever you want to talk about. Eight five five four five zero three seven three. Three, but before we go on, if you run a website or a blog and you're looking to add a forum, you know, some more functionality for your visitors, but you don't want to compromise their privacy, consider Plainboards.com. Plainboards.com offers a free to use anonymous message boards uh, for anyone who wants one. So it's free. And it's easy to create. There's no installation necessary, no identification or login required. You start your board in seconds just by going in and typing the name of the board and then getting a link for it. You can protect your user's privacy with PlainBoards.com. It's encrypted and secured. Uh, There's all kinds of features to the boards, too. Voting on posts, watch lists, uh, personal history, that kind of thing. Uh, PlainBoards.com. .com and um you know it it's a great thing to be able to add to your website you know why not why not add a forum for your uh, for, for your website plainboards.com now talking about this Ron Paul Rand Paul thing as i understand it Rand Paul was uh, you know being interviewed on this and uh, you know I, Rand Paul's a republican a freshman senator and if you're going to play the game of politics um, and you're going to be party politics you're going to have to endorse the other people in the party, at least most of the time.
2: And I can only imagine the uh, games that could be played with him, like, oh, you want to get out of your father's shadow, right? Or don't you want to make it to the top? Or you could be what your dad was and we could make you vice president. You know, I met Rand Paul in Nashville during uh, Motorhome Diaries and Jason Talley did a, of, of fr three agents did a great job interviewing him, pushing him on the welfare uh, state. Mm-hmm. And I knew then that he was no... Ron Paul, for sure. And that he would, you know, most likely sell out. since then. He's what supported the war in Afghanistan.
0: Well, he's been, um, you know, flip I mean, he's, flopping. He's well, he's done some he's done better than most senators out there. And, you know, I I'll grant you, I don't like some of the, the play, ways he's come down on some issues, but I would prefer a senator that would come down right on half of the issues than a senator who comes down wrong on all of them, which it seems to me is what we get most of the
2: time. I think I would just pick neither and go with the uh, self-governing aspect and try to. I
0: don't know that that's an option, uh, but uh, it should be. But I, I'm with you. I, it should be, and you know. But today, you know, this the, I think that the Plato quote still applies, which is, uh, you know, if you choose not to vote, that you're, uh, you know, you're governed by your inferiors. I don't know that voting actually, um, you know, allows you to be governed by yourself or your superiors or anything like that. But I don't
2: think voting matters at all. I mean, even I mean, the majority of people don't vote. They, whether it's For the right reasons or not, it's mostly because of time and uh, you know having to pay all the bills of the inflated cost uh, takes up a lot of person's time. Plus, a
0: lot of people just don't know the answers and you know whatever they're
2: right. They're pretty much doing what they want anyways until the you know the law just exists until they run into it for most people, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, then they realize how messed up it can be. So,
0: you know, I mean, with the Rand Paul thing, I don't like him any more or any less because of this Romney thing, if. Rand Paul got to be the the vice president of uh, the United States, and he was able to address the Federal Reserve problem just by you know by by dint of his uh, the power that one has as vice president. I know those sound like uh, conflicting statements, uh, but you know I mean there's some power in the, the the vice presidency. If he's able to address that one thing, it would be enough for me because I mean obviously it's not getting addressed under. Oh, Obama and it's not going to get addressed under just Romney and I don't know whether he's going to be the the vice presidential nominee. I you know to me the Ron Paul campaign and this is the, the I guess the thing that I really wanted to get out was during the 2008 campaign I really thought Ron Paul was going to have a chance. I really believed there was, it was going to happen and I was disappointed and angry when it was over. Um well I didn't expect that in 2012. My expectation wasn't, well, Ron Paul's going to somehow or by you know hook or crook uh, be able to take this. That wasn't my expectation. My expectation was is the Ron Paul revolution, uh, the the liberty revolution is growing in this country and to some extent, large extent, it's because of Ron Paul and his influence.
2: So, well, that that's the front side of the, and the more positive aspect. The other is that government is, you know, Having twenty thousand drones made to mm-hmm. patrol the thing, people are locked up for selling lemonade or and using chalk. If they don't chalk. shoot you with
0: one of them, they'll crash it on your head.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so
0: agreed. But at the very least, there's some it, and there's somebody out there in uh, the political sphere who's saying something about it, and I'm I'm for that. Now Rand, I don't think that you know he doesn't he doesn't stand on principle the way his dad did, and I really like the way his dad would stand on principle, but. Maybe he feels he could never get it, you know, never quite make it if he stood on principle the way his dad is. I don't know. I don't know if he's, uh, you know, the libertarian underneath or not.
2: But I, I hope Rand doesn't, or excuse me, Ron doesn't uh, hang it up in a complete retire. I, I hope he does no, what he kind of. Well, I know that, but I mean, I hope he still, you know, is that beacon for for liberty. I mean, he got me started and everything like that. But I hope he comes out like he kind of did in his the 2012 uh, campaign trail early. Real hardcore, voluntarist, and, you know, start telling people. The money system, you know, if he, he, Ron Paul's big thing has been the Fed. You know, I asked a couple years ago, like, all right, well, doesn't the Congress have the power to create its own money as well? Like, as opposed to auditing the Fed, why don't you just introduce a new bill to compete with the Fed? Uh, that would achieve the same goal at the end of the day, you know. And so there have been times where I've wondered, like, is this, you know, is he ha- is he handcuffed by the establishment or – Is he kind of like Alex Jones, you know, maybe everything Alex Jones says isn't isn't truthful, but he's allowed to have his corner and his megaphone because it would give you know, every cartel drug dealer needs the soccer mom saying drugs are bad or don't do this or this campaign, you know, you need your your yin and your yang. And well, so that that could be what Ron Paul, Alex Jones could be to the establishment is like, oh, look, th- these people are out here and it's not so bad. And this is the system working. But there really is no conversation. There is no voting. There is no, you know, majority, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Well, I guess uh, it sounds like a uh, sounds like a conspiracy theory of another sort to me. And I, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I tend to think that there's that there's uh, news reporters out there that at some point or another would say, you know, there's nothing going on here. I don't think the the fix is entirely in. It just effectively is in. Um, You you know, and I mean, what can I say? When
2: you have two choices, you know, I mean, the the fix, it doesn't matter. I mean, I I one time when I first started getting involved in Liberty, took every congressman and senator and wrote them up on two walls of my my bedroom and then had like all the, you know, big companies that donate money to politicians. And so like blue would be oil and yellow would be media, TV, Hollywood industry and When you see how many people are paid by the same people, like it was a really good visual for me to say like, oh my gosh, the same people own the same people. And it doesn't like, so they give half a million dollars, Pepsi gives half a million dollars to Obama and $350,000 to Romney. Yeah, They they both bought a favor. Maybe Romney will do 100% of what they want and Obama will do 85% of what they want. And they're just these intermediate, you know, they're like the middlemen in any other transaction politicians. You know, the sooner we can get him out of there, the better off everybody will be. You won't have all these harms or or rushes. But hopefully that's where Ron goes after this is all said and done. But Well, I
0: don't know that um, Ron—I mean, Ron's been saying the same sort of stuff for years, and it's only really in these presidential runs that anybody pays attention. I mean, they'll say over and over again that he was right on the economic collapse, that he was right on these issues, but, you know, he's just too crazy to put in office. And I just— I, you know, I kind of feel like no news media is going to give care anything about what Ron Paul's doing when he's no longer a congressperson and no longer in office. I mean, he can say whatever he wants, but I just don't think they'll cover him.
2: Oh, yeah, but I think the, you know, the indie journalists or the blogosphere, you know, the Ron Paul bots or whatever, yeah. for lack of better, they'll still cover him. He'll still be around. He'll he'll do like most retired presidents probably and do a couple speaking engagements for some coin well,
0: he does this weekly thing um that he you know talks into a telephone and tells people you know this that and the other and i think that that's a pretty valuable service yeah uh, you know and it, it could go, could go on and i think that that's you know that's great i just don't you know once he's no longer in office and he's an old man i mean you know there's no reason there's no reason this guy he's given everything that he needs to get i'm just
2: saying as bad as government is he would Anybody who's Ron Paul-like for politicians would end up to being the fall guy, and I'm kind of glad that government can just have no more Ron Pauls and let the whole system tank.
0: 855-453, your thoughts are welcome. Here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACO toll free call in line. 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been talking about is it the, the expiration of the Ron Paul Revolution? I don't know.
2: Uh, continuation. I think it'll, it'll definitely continue. I just th- I think it'll hopefully uh end out of the political sphere. You know, I think people will come to realize that the monetary system that this government uh controls is going to be taken You know, back, like barter, trade, some other sort of mediums for exchanges would be very, very used uh, commonly. And then, uh, you know, individual. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Also, if you want to, you know, when when you're doing your online shopping. Shop through shop.freetalklive.com. Um, you know, there's links there for Amazon, and you can do the shopping that you normally do at Amazon, get the same prices, the same service, the same everything. This Free Talk Live gets a cut. It's shop.freetalklive.com. It's a great way to support Free Talk Live without costing you anything. Shop.freetalklive.com. Let's go real quick to John in New Orleans. John, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
6: Hey there, guys. a Long time listener, first time caller. I heard the other day uh, on the 5th May of your show, you talked about uh, the Louisiana State Convention. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to set the record straight about what exactly happened. Um, I was a delegate present there. And And this,
0: by the way, is the only way that uh, we have, you you know, it takes days and days to really find out what uh, happened in these situations. But go right ahead, John.
6: Yeah. And and there's, uh, you know, a lot of misinformation, but there's a lot of good information out there, um, you know, on YouTube and whatnot. But uh, anyway, the the big controversy is, is the rules, right? Um, that the, the RNC requires that a certain set of rules be passed by all the states by a certain date of the previous year. In this mm-hmm. case, it was October of the previous year. And that's the rules that all these conventions have to uh, run themselves by. Otherwise, you know, they wind up with just what happened here. Well, two days before the convention is due to start, um, the executive committee of the Louisiana party passed 16 pages of new rules that basically um, neutered um, the, the, the delegation. You know, so in a convention, the, the the body of the convention is the convention. It's this thing that kind of spawns out of nothing, right. does its business, and then goes back to nothing. And all that's left is whatever, you know, the decisions that came of that. And it's the and so, idea, it's the will of the people in the party, right? Exactly right. And, and this is four years ago after they cheated and stole Ron Paul out of his people. They, they urged us to grassroots, to get involved, and to be part of the system, and to come and, and, and pay our dues just like they did, right? right? And, you know, we're like, okay, we'll be back in four years. And we were, and we won the caucuses um, decisively. And, um, you know, even after we won the caucuses, they get to still get to appoint their reserve delegates. So they get to appoint 30 delegates that no one voted for other than their, their state central committee. Sure. These so are the ringers. Majority. Yeah, right. We had 111 people out of 180, which is like a 62 percent majority. So we get there and they passed rules. For, uh, for instance, um, they, they set permanent chairs of all of the committees. They said, made rules that the rules cannot be challenged. I mean, they, they basically dictated rules that are against their bylaws. And against the RNC rules that basically gave them complete them the minority complete control of the convention. Now, how do they they,
0: set a, well, I mean? What's right. going to happen with that? I mean, you know, how they they passed these rules after the deadline? It was supposed to be in October, right? So none of these rules are valid. Oh,
2: they are if they say so. so right. Well, they're
6: they're claiming they're valid, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, some some of the rules, for example, is that uh, they set a quorum as being one third of, of the registered people, which is ridiculous for a convention. The standard is, is a majority. Right. that a vote required to pass a motion is three-quarters, so that, you know, not a simple majority like most things. Even, gotcha. you know, the, the, the normal benchmark to, to make sure you don't um, trample on the rights of the minority is two-thirds, and they set theirs at three-quarters. So they, they made all overwhelming these— Overwhelming majority, all, uh, you know, it's ridiculous. All these um,
0: rules to make it so that if uh, the Ron Paul folks got a majority, that the majority wouldn't matter.
6: Right. You know, and, and we, we went into the rules committee, which is the, the committee that you're supposed to pass the rules of the convention are of. And the, the whole idea of the rules is that you make rules that make it so that the convention flows and you facilitate business of the body. But, um, you know, they basically said that the only rules, the only thing the rules committee could do would be to make recommendations for the convention in four years and that um, you, you you know, no rules had been adopted yet, except for their "quote unquote" temporary rules that they, they said were enforced but that we we weren't really buying. So the rules and, committee uh,
0: was intended for the next uh, four years, the next term.
6: Exactly, that's crazy. They, they said they they said that no, no actual rules or changes will be made to this convention's business. Um, you you can't you basically they said you can't do anything. You the elected body, the people have spoken, you know, as it were, the grassroots has been acted, and and they even told us. You know, uh, they they made silly motions about things that would help the grassroots next time to to waste time in in this rules committee. But it was was almost like a Monty Python skit. Right. So we would go and we'd make a point of order saying that they can't do this. And they said, well, you can't make that point of order. And we'd be like, yes, we can. No, you can't. Yes, we can. No, you can't. Um, And then, you know, we'd say, well, we appeal your 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 ruling. He's like, well, I didn't make a decision. What do you mean you didn't make a decision? That is a decision. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It was like, you know, the, the argument skit from Monty Python. Right. And so we were, joke- we were joking after, is, is, you know, from like Fight Club. Well, the first rule of the Rules Committee is you don't talk about the rules. <laughs> and the second rule of the Rules Committee is you don't talk about the rules. And we all got a good laugh at it because it was, it was so ridiculous that if we were these people, we would be embarrassed by, by the lengths that they went to. And so what, what ultimately what happened is at the very end of the Rules Committee, after we tried and tried and tried, to get them to, to listen to Robert's rules of order, which are the parliamentary procedures used to, to manage these things, we had to remove their chairperson. Of course, their chair refused to acknowledge that he was removed. And sure. so we went and finished our meeting in another room and adopted the rules um, that were really fair. I mean, we weren't trying to steal this thing and, and, and do all these horrible things. You but, didn't you have know, to they, steal it, you were the majority. Yeah, yeah
2: and to, to threaten exactly, it, that's right? it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you threatened um, the status quo. It. That's all right.
6: So the next day, the convention comes along and, and part of their rules was this ironclad, um, rigid, you know, uh, agenda that at 1010, 10, this will happen at 1015. This will happen at 1016. You know, they, they had it really ironed out as to how they wanted to rule. And, and they set the state party chairman as the chairman of the convention. And so when it came time to read the rules report, we sent our rules chairman that we had elected up there. And, you know, they said, here's our guy who, who you know, wasn't elected. We just appointed him. And then, um, you know, we made points of order and uh, eventually called for the removal of the chairman, um, which, you know, passed with a, a, a around 62 percent majority vote. Um, and at which point they refused to get off the stage. And we, right. we, we thought that would probably happen. And so we, we, we decided that if that did happen, we would simply turn our chairs around and have a convention facing the opposite direction, um, which is what we did. And, you know, they, you know, you read some of these articles, they say, oh, they were planning this and plotting this. It's like, well, no, we were, we were aware that they were probably not going to fight fair and that we were not going to leave the room because we were the majority. Um, that if they wanted to have a rump convention, they could go in another room and do it. Um, and so then uh, we elected a chairman. This chairman was not a delegate, but the rules don't say that your chairman has to be a member of the delegation. The chairman's real job is only to just facilitate business, recognize this party, recognize that party, make points of order. And, and that sort of thing. Um, and once he started talking on a microphone and competing with the microphone of the, the, the state party chairman who was removed, the state party chairman got all upset um, and he ordered the, the our the duly elected chairman to be removed at which point off-duty um, policemen who were in uniform, um, they, they didn't look like they were off-duty, they came and they started pulling him away. I mean, they weren't too, too rough, but you could see the look in this man's face. Uh, his name was Henry Herford. Um, he looked panicked. He was trying to explain that he was the duly elected chairperson. And after saying that a couple times, he said, I have a handicap. I have a handicap. And at some point, he tripped over a chair and um, maybe dislocated his hip. Well, oh,
2: right. While, while so being pushed back by police officers, I thought, right? there, Or some sort of security. Oh, right, right. I think I seen that video. They were trying to escort him. He may have tripped over the chair, but he was backpedaling due to uh, state aggressors.
6: Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm not trying to excuse the police. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not trying to be Accusatory, either. Just so it happened.
0: Is this going to ever end up in? Um, you know, I mean, is there going to be any justice for this? I mean, what's the what's the appellate body for for you know people that lie at state conventions?
6: <laughs> That's a really good question. We know that the the two gentlemen uh, also they had our rules committee chairman escorted out. At some point, he was pushed down and dislocated the finger, and his leg was injured as well. Um, I believe it's nice that they had the cops is- on their side. Right. And when we'd actually uh, hired our own security, we, were, we had the state police that were supposed to supervise and make sure that no one touched anyone else. They told us we acknowledge that this is an internal issue and that um, this is an internal conflict and we will we will prevent party A from accosting party B and vice versa. You know, and we were OK with that because we, we weren't going to accost them. Um, and so then what happened? Uh, sorry, where was I? What did the state okay, police so, do? Um, the state police just sat there and watched. They didn't. They really didn't do anything. Um, hmm. There was one who was kind of in the face of our rules chairman, but he didn't. It was all the, sh- the off-duty Shreveport police, Shreveport, the city where the convention was held. Right. And
0: The ones that were bought so, and paid for.
2: Uh, well, actually, yours right, were bought so and paid for, too. They so just didn't do anything. Those officers weren't on duty? duty? That were there that, that was,
6: day? That's what I understand. And it's, so, anyway, there's, there's some lawsuits that are being filed. Um, so, anyway, at the end of the day, though, is that we... After our chairman was hurt, we elected our vice chair as the chair, and I somehow got elected as the new vice chair. We took a new role, and we um, we had we had everything planned out. We, it was really smooth. We had our list of delegates. John, I want to hear case. more
0: about this. Please hold the line. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live, and find out about what happened in the Louisiana Convention. 855-450-FREE, Free Talk
4: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. Ademo. And Mark. And I'm just getting back in from a local uh, school board meeting, where I was uh, tonight. So thanks, Mark, for taking the show over in my absence. Uh, And catching me up to speed, you've been talking apparently about the Louisiana Republican Convention.
0: I also want to talk about what you did at the school board meeting
4: briefly. Okay, we can do that here in a little bit, but I know that you had somebody on the line. That's right. Uh, You were discussing this convention where the conventioneers uh, or conventionees, whatever they're called, the people attending the convention, uh, some of them, the Ron Paul folks, were actually arrested at this convention. We had discussed this uh, like a week ago on the program. And what I thought, of course, was most interesting about that uh, was that, hey, guess what? Even in politics, if you start to rock the boat a little bit, then all of a sudden you get to see the violent side of the state. And I think that there are a lot of people that believe that they can just go and do politics and that everything will be safe for them. But this is a perfect example of how it is that, no, as soon as you threaten their system, they get very, very upset. Exactly.
2: And that's what the caller, I believe, John, was telling us. He was uh, there at the convention and he was saying, he was just telling us before the break how the police were actually off duty and that they... Their primary intention was to, you know, keep Group A from uh, physically assaulting Group B, and yet it seems that the city police were sided with the people who ran the convention and the state troopers that the delegates, the Ron Paul type folks, had there. Uh, probably didn't live up to their bargain of trying to keep the peace so much, but let's I'll go back that. to him.
4: He's still with us, uh, John, listening in New Orleans. John, you're back on Free Talk Live with the demo and Mark. Uh, what more did you have to say? Last, uh, I was listening in to the last segment well, of the program. And- I
0: kind of asked him what was happening, um, what what was going to happen. I mean, you know, what's the appellate process for what was. A bad state convention. What do you do? Do you just have to suck it up? Because well,
4: the guys, the old school, the old guard, just wouldn't let go. Right, like they'd been voted out, and they just kind of stayed up on the stage. That's right.
6: That's exactly right. And we had we had no means of making them leave, and and we were kind of prepared for that. So we just turned our chairs around and had the convention facing the opposite direction. Um, you know, and they they made several pleas at certain points to rejoin the convention and turn the chairs around. <laughs> Please uh, you know, play but, by our
0: rules. I know that they're right. broken and we're lying and cheating,
4: but, but play by our rules. They wouldn't even play by their own rules, right? You like, you guys exactly were playing right. by their rules, and you had outvoted exactly
6: them. Right. That's exactly right. The rules that we were playing by were passed in May of 2011, and the RNC says that you have to have your finalized rules by October of 2011, and so they had no authority to, to pass the 16 pages of supplemental rules that they did. And, um, you know, the Rules Committee ignored their legitimate rules and passed our own that were very much in line with um, the original rules. There was mo- mostly some tweaks to make sure that voting was was done quickly and promptly and accurately without, you know, um, any shenanigans. Um, and anyway, and, and a lot of some of the people we even heard from from the state central committee said, oh, well, your rules were, were really kind of close to ours. You know, well, I guess we really didn't need to go through all that craziness, um, you know, but that, I don't know how many of, of Their body, the state central committee is the ruling body of the Louisiana Republican Party, and it's about 220 members or so, and they meet, I think, quarterly to to make things like convention
4: rules. So you guys have taken over the uh, Louisiana Republican Party. So Louisiana should be like the most free place uh, pretty soon, right?
6: and, And actually, in Louisiana, it's not quite like that. In most states, caucus states, their convention actually elects all the body, all the all the different party positions. In Louisiana, the convention only really has. Um, two functions. One of them is electing RNC delegates, and the other one is, is setting the platform. Um, and the rest of the the party is managed by the state central committee. Um, so there's really, and those those are elected um, by little districts based on your precincts uh, back at the on the day of the primary. So, um, you know, so
4: what's the point of all this? I mean, is it just to screw with the the system and you know give them a hard time, or is there like an end goal?
6: Well, our, our governor Bobby Jindal. Um, you know, is, is on the the short list of people that are maybe going to be uh, in the running for uh, VP. And uh, you know, I think they were trying to prevent. And he was, you know, he's pro Romney, and I guess they're trying to prevent Louisiana from coming out pro Ron Paul when their VP is all pro Romney. You know, it's, I I guess, politically speaking, it's kind of egg in his face. Um,
4: and I think. Well, what was the point people- though of trying to like take over the convention? I mean, what was what's the goal there?
6: Oh well, we, we wanted to get Ron Paul delegates to the uh, RNC convention in Tampa. And, and did, did that work? To- Not in this case. Well, we don't quite know yet. Um, You know, we we needed to have at least 24 people to control the convention, to control the delegation to the convention with the purpose of being the fifth state that could um, appoint Ron Paul as a candidate from the floor. We need at least uh, five states, um, the majority of five states, to nominate someone from the floor. Um, That was was really the only way that Ron Paul was going to ever have a chance is if we get five states and Louisiana was going to be the fifth um, to be nominated and even have a chance um, to be in the running. And so that was, that was what was at stake. And so we really had two, two different conventions. We had the majority convention that played by the published rules, and we had the minority convention. Um, and since their rules said that a quorum is one third, they, they barely had enough to conduct their convention. And they had a minority rump convention in the same room. And uh, right after the convention, um, we went ahead and published our results to the RNC. And I don't believe the, the establishment um, party has yet. I think they're trying to work out some sort of deal that will maybe have their slate uh, viewed in, the, in the, the best light by the rnc but this is going to a contest committee it's going to have to go to a contest committee before the so, RNC.
4: okay so it's hard for me to follow all this the politics is very confusing uh to me so <laughs> what what you're saying is the ron paul guys were the majority of the convention you guys had your own convention according to what the rules were supposed to be the old guard were the minority they had a convention and broke their own rules and y'all both came up with two different lists of delegates, and now some somebody else has to decide which one is the right list or who ends up being the delegates?
6: Exactly right. That's exactly right. And, so and it's we, up in the we, air we, right now. We,
4: and so basically the National RNC is going to say, well, the old guard list is the right list. And then what? Is there a lawsuit that can happen or what's, what happens well,
6: then? We, we don't actually know. We, we've actually – there's a lot of strategy that went into this. Um, that we didn't just take all of the slots um, like we could have. We actually appointed um, from different members of this, this, different people within the party, um, you know, that would be opposed to each other so that it would be very difficult for them to rally against us because there's some people that are for our slate. In fact, um, the Romney, um, by, by based on our rules, the Romney people who who earned five delegates in the primary get a better deal from us than they would have gotten from the, uh, the GOP um, party. So you know, that he's actually come out and, and on, on camera said that he's going to support our slate versus the LAGOP slate because we, we seeded one of his delegates that they weren't going to.
4: So um, I guess uh, we'll find out. So basically this whole Ron Paul th- uh, situation is not yet resolved. I had heard the other day from somebody uh, that the campaign is over. I didn't realize that was the case. I thought that Ron Paul was still going out there and trying to win delegates. Is uh, Have you heard anything about that? But yeah,
6: it's, it's we get different um, information from different sources as well. Um, you know, and the, and the mainstream media uh, really does a really good job of just pretending like he doesn't exist. Um, and, you know, we, we talked to several people that, um, you know, like in California, they, they were all Ron Paul people, but they were Democrats and they wanted to register to Republicans to vote for him. But since they had heard that he was out, they didn't and they didn't vote for him because they hadn't changed the registration. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ron Paul, has, um, he's acknowledged that he probably will not have enough delegates to um, Caused what they call a brokered convention in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't conceded. He hasn't given up any of his delegates. He's still trying to win because a lot of in many states, winning a, a convention means you take over the party. just not in Louisiana. And so he's urging people, you know, to get involved and to take over. Um, liberty people to take over their governments and, and their parties and working in a, in a lot of places.
4: Well, I guess we'll see. I don't know if it's working yet. I mean, they're certainly causing a stir and clearly the old guard is very nervous about it that's why they brought the police in to try to crack uh, crack down uh, although i you know i'm pretty skeptical i mean i feel like it's going to be uh, an empty victory at the end of the day uh, because you've seen how desperate these guys can can be when it comes to their power being threatened they uh, will not they'll stop at nothing to ensure the the continuance of the way I'd things are i'd rather have, have an empty been.
0: victory and force their hand into doing something uh, you know that, that breaks the rules so that other people can be shown that these people will break their rules yeah John, and
2: he, here's where I think uh, here's where I think the you know win is it's not like we were talking before you came back, Ian that you know, like we had last week, like do you really want to take over this political party and then have it be like your blame time or whatever, but the win here is that showing you know not not necessarily the gun in the room but a little bit of the gun in the room, but also showing like you said, how well the establishment will go to protect its. Its power and that's like like the caller said, even changing its rules dramatically from uh, unanimous to one third in order to keep its power is what is what you're looking at. So yeah. the win is showing folks how how Ridiculous. you can challenge the system. Yes.
4: Yeah. Thanks, John, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you out there at 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. They are desperate for sure, uh, but whether this all of this effort will come to anything long term, I'm pretty skeptical. More coming up. You can take control here 450 free.
0: Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. Sea cranes Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the Sea crane Company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the Sea crane Company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi antenna at SeaCrane.com. cranecom C-C-R-A-N-E.com. c-c-r-a-n-e.com.
4: This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Head over there, enjoy the various features you'll find. Uh, you can actually create the content of the website by submitting items to it. You find something online that you think's interesting, submit it as show prep, and then other listeners can vote. You can vote on things there. Vote up, vote it down. Uh, the most voted up, make it to the front page in the top of the site, meaning we're more likely to see it talk about it on the air. And you are also uh, likely to see it as well, because it'll be on the front page. So go to freetalklive.com to get interactive.
0: If you've got any kind of uh, reception issues with your Wi-Fi at your house, there's a great uh, a product from the C-Crane Company. It's called the Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. And we're using it at my house, and it really does go a heck of a lot longer than you know your regular Wi-Fi reception. It'll go through you know walls and things that uh, otherwise, you know, if you've got a large house, you're going to have a difficult time um, getting reception in all rooms. This will change all that. If, for instance, say you've got two buildings on your property and you want to be able to you know have one connection, one Wi-Fi for both. This will change it. You know, maybe maybe your mom lives down the street from you. This will make it so that you can use that Internet connection. Uh, it's the Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3, and it can provide connectivity for up to a mile. And we're, like I said, we're using it at my house. And I've actually seen my neighbors, which if you were at my house, you'd realize just how crazy that. I can't see my neighbors, but I can see their uh, networks sometimes. Um, go to ccrane.com. That's cc. R-A-N-E dot com. And uh, try out this great device. If you've got any kind of connectivity issues with your Wi-Fi, it'll, cha- it'll change your life. The uh, Super USB Wi-Fi antenna 3 at com.
4: All right. So you can bring up anything you want. Eight five five four fifty free is the toll-free number. Did you guys hear about or have you already talked about this uh, hemp civil disobedience that happened out in front of the White House
2: No, I haven't heard of it yet.
4: I think it was yesterday when this went down. It's pretty amazing. David Bronner, president of Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps, which imports more than 20 tons of hemp oil each year from Canadian farmers, has been arrested by members of D.C. Metropolitan Police. This is from, by the way, StopTheDrugWar.org. Okay. During an act of civil disobedience within sight of the White House early Monday morning, Bronner and a few uh, fellow hemp activists pulled up to 16th and H Streets Northwest, unloaded a jail cell-like structure. Why? To prevent the police from immediately arresting him. Hmm. So he was it's already like locked. Cage. Yeah, a show cage. He was locked in a cage nice. from the get-go of this uh, civil disobedience. He... Oh, and by the way, was accompanied in the cage by 12 hemp plants. He then proceeded to harvest the plants and press hemp oil from them. Bronner was planning to spread the oil on slices of bread, then share it with onlookers... Uh, and apparently he said he was waging a beer bet with President Obama that the hemp plants are not marijuana and have no drug value. The plants were grown from Canadian hemp seed, and under Canadian regulations, hemp can have no more than 0.3% THC, meaning the plants have no use as a medicinal or recreational drug. So this guy, this Bronner, from what I understand, is one of those characters who... He's not really principal. He just wants hemp to be legal. He doesn't care about uh, medical marijuana. He doesn't care about recreational cannabis use.
0: At this point, it's a friend of, uh, you know, an enemy of my enemy situation, though.
4: No, no doubt. I mean, I, I appreciate him for what he's doing. I'm just letting you know a little bit more about what I've heard about his position. He goes on to say, uh, to talk about how that, uh, that the plants can't produce a high of any kind, uh, but according to the Obama administration, I'm in possession of approximately 10 pounds of marijuana. His U.S. attorney who handles drug cases in D.C. will not be able to prove my hemp has any more drug value than po- a poppy seed bagel. The Obama position on hemp is not science-based or good for the U.S. economy. We've lobbied and campaigned for over a decade and feel abandoned by our president, who was as an who as an Illinois state legislator voted twice for hemp cultivation. Activists at Vote Hemp, with which Bronner is affiliated, held meetings with the Office of National Drug Control Policy in twenty ten to seek a change in hemp policy, but the effort went nowhere. They took advantage of the White House's public online petition program to ask it to revise U.S. drug policies to allow for domestic hemp production. It took a federal court several years ago to uh, several years to force the DEA to allow hemp products to be imported. But after a seven-month delay, all they got was a slap in the face. The slap came in form of a one-paragraph response from the ONDCP head, entitled "What We Have to Say About Marijuana and Hemp Production." Uh, he wrote that. What's fe- the
0: ONDCP? Uh, even, they're even addressing that hemp is something different than marijuana, I think is huge.
4: America farmers deserve our nation's help and support to ensure rural America's prosperity and vitality, said the drug czar. Uh, he wrote that federal law prohibits human consumption, distribution, possession of a Schedule I controlled substance. Hemp and marijuana are part of the same species of cannabis plant. While most of the THC in cannabis plants is concentrated in the marijuana, all parts of the plant, including hemp, can contain THC, a Schedule I controlled substance. The administration will continue looking for innovative ways to support farmers across the country while balancing the need to protect public health and safety. So essentially, saying that well, there's still some THC in there somewhere, so therefore it should be illegal. There's
0: there's some strychnine in uh, you know most uh, most uh, look there's strychnine in water. You know I mean you can find lead in water. There's all kinds of poisons, uh, toxins in all kinds of things we consume. If uh, poisons in the dose, I mean this is uh, what this appears to be is a uh, you know them turning a, a willful blind eye towards science.
2: Well, it's all about the uh, prison war, right? The uh, ever-growing police state that's a booming business. I mean, Obama has uh on the hook for way too many political favors, you know? Yeah,
0: that's uh, what it's got to be. I mean, you know, if he voted for hemp in the past and now as president, he's not doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it just reeks of uh, of being on the hook for favors. It just reeks of a politician who's bought and paid for.
4: Bronner said this, uh, this is again the guy that was arrested, I expected more from President Obama. He can simply direct the Department of Justice to respect industrial hemp grown pursuant to existing state hemp programs such as North Dakotas. Everyone is sick and tired of America's bankrupt policy on hemp that forces our company to send well over $100,000 every year to Canadian farmers. I had hoped that President Obama would not succumb to drug warriors' hysteria regarding hemp. I really don't know what else to do to get our chief law enforcement officer to take a rational, science-based approach to hemp policy in this country. Well, it's
0: clear that he has no intention of doing such a thing i mean what's obvious is is that you know for whatever reason he's beholden to these people at the ondcp these government bureaucrats know just what a boondoggle the drug war is they know that all their i mean if they stopped the drug war tomorrow you'd have so many police that just didn't have anything to do absolutely i, I mean, mean there would be cuts in local local state and federal police departments if you i mean what would happen to the dea
2: the government is nearly like any other person with an addiction only their addiction isn't to a substance it's to power and money and the, and the money as well right and well with the power comes the money i right. guess so uh the thing is is that they're not going to let it go on their own terms you know there's that show intervention out there or people who have ever had to intervene in somebody's lives who had an addiction they never do it on your terms when you know that it's best like hey you're going to kill yourself uh, you might want to go to rehab. No, it's when they finally hit rock bottom and do it. And so it's going to be the same thing with the, the government. This doctor needs to understand that until it is a, the financially correct decision for them to make, or the people have done enough... Civil disobedience, you know. Well, this guy did it, and I think it's amazing. Yeah, there's a great
4: Yeah, there's great video of this out there where the fire department comes out with a huge, like, cutting device to buzz a buzz saw away. Yeah, essentially, whatever lock was on this cage, and they did up uh, breaking in there and arresting him. Uh, But also, the police brought along some white pieces of wood or something to try to block the public's view of the entire thing from happening. Hmm.
1: yourself by trading with value visit don't tread on browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs gift them keep them or trade them for something else they're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free while you're at it check out their quality apparel you'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you don't tread on meme that's don't tread on m-e-m-e
4: This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll free at 855 free The SACL CAI toll free line, 1 450 3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there, and you can enjoy the mobile site where you can get a quick access to our live streams as well as the podcast and the software you'll need to listen into the streams. Go to M as in mobile.freetalklive.com. That's M. Dot dot com.
0: If you're looking for camping, hunting or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com carries everything you're going to need in the name brands. So if you're looking to get gear for pork fest for instance, uh, or you want to get a bug out bag because you know, you know, you're concerned about uh, you know some kind of collapse in the future. They've got everything you need. Knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, everything at manventureoutpost.com. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. And you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. If they're already very low prices. It's 5% off with coupon code FTL at manventureoutpost.com.
4: All right, so 855-450-FREE. You can bring up absolutely anything that you want. We've been talking about uh, Dr. Bronner, David Bronner, the president of Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps who has himself a what sounds like a pretty successful business. His business imports more than 20 tons of hemp oil each year from Canadian farmers. And this guy is trying to make a point. He went out to the White House yesterday morning and was arrested uh, during an act of civil disobedience where he proceeded to extract hemp oil. From a dozen hemp plants that he brought with him inside a cage. So he basically, they pulled up with a truck or something like that with a pretty large cage on it, uh, enough space for a man and like a table, a work table, and 12 hemp plants. And he just set to work on processing his hemp oil. And of course, the police were all over the place uh, trying to put a stop to this. Yeah, that's
0: crazy stuff. I can imagine they they were just beside themselves. And I love how, you know, they showed that they're not interested in stopping something that's illegal. What they're interested in is you know uh, is uh, covering up dissent because they were putting up these blinds so the people couldn't see what the man was doing that's behind right. the cage. I mean, that's – whoa, what? It's
4: really desperate. It's kind
0: of scary. It's, it's really pathetic. scary. It really is pathetic.
4: So, uh, so again, to see more of this, I don't know exactly where the best place to go to find the video is. Uh, I know that they're reporting on it over at StopTheDrugWar.org. I imagine if you were to search for, say, David Bronner hemp, civil disobedience, David Brunner, White House, or something like that. I know the video's out there. Someone linked me to it uh, last night. It's pretty interesting, you know, watching just the amount of work that these police and firemen will, are going through just to stop a man from doing...
2: Making a point. Yeah. What would have been the best
0: thing that they could have done is just leave the weirdo in the cage alone, right? I mean, because that would have just looked weird and people would have been like, what the heck is going on there? But they added all kinds of credence to him.
4: Oh yeah, it's really it's an amazing uh, instance of civil disobedience. I've never heard of anything like this before. I don't know who came up with it, but uh, it was kudos expensive. To them. It Did was they expensive. say
2: what he was charged with, or was it? Uh, it doesn't mention that here. I just wonder because sometimes you know they get the, the, he's playing with fire. But I'm sure this guy seems to have a, a business that's most likely profitable, and he seemed to have uh, dotted some I's and crossed some T's, But uh, I'd just be wondering, you'd, go, you'd be playing with felonies here, you know, 12 plants, is that enough, how much, whatever, you know, there are a of Well, his bunch claim is, is that laws. there's not enough
0: uh, THC in them or something like that.
2: Well, right, so I, I mean, I, from what uh, Ian read, it sounded it like, yes. It won't matter, though. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's the plants, right? It's the plants, right, or that it's just banned, it's a banned product. But um, I was curious as to, because uh, the way Ian read it, it sounded like he was goading them into, like, yes, charge me with a felony, and my guys are ready to prove that this is not a narcotic, or the uh, science in that which it was scheduled for whatever drugs you know um, if it's a felony
0: he gets a uh, jury of his peers and if it's a jury of his peers then you know we can have (laughs) have that conversation i guess
4: so i'm looking to try to find the answer to your question about what he was charged with uh i haven't gotten to that information yet but there's a post over at washingtonpost.com where they're describing what happened, the protest began at 8 a.m. When Bronner and his cage trailer was dropped off uh, at the location very near the uh, the White House, Park Police and Secret Service agents joined DC Police and Fire officials who worked for a couple of hours to open the cage. Uh, brought out some sort of a buzz saw, and uh, Bonner's actions or Bronner's actions. So not only did they uh, they put up some sort of barrier, like some sort of opaque. It looks like like pieces of fairly large pieces of plywood or something that they went and grabbed at Home Depot or something and just kind of stood up in front of the cage to prevent onlookers from seeing it. But not only that, they went so far as to shut down traffic around 16th and 8th Streets at about 10.30 in the morning. So these people shut down traffic so people in their cars couldn't see what was going on.
2: Oh, that's just a shame. I mean, uh, censorship at its finest.
4: It's incredible. Yeah, you think? I
0: mean, you know, this—it's it, just so obvious what they're about. I mean, they're not about trying to to stop somebody from breaking the law or hurting people or anything like that. What their concern is is that you know the the their whole uh, their legitimacy is questioned.
2: All right, I wonder, like, what were what they like? Well, first thing we need to do uh, after receiving the call of a man in a cage is. Block the view. Let's yeah. how do how do we stop the view? Like, why was this a concern at all? Like, whether they it's used amazing. the uh, buzz saw to cut it off. Like, why couldn't people? Did they think it was like, oh wait, if we're using a saw over here, it might distract somebody and cause an accident? No, that probably wasn't it. People walking by might stop. Well, that's not really a problem. Like, what is the What, what was the conversation to like, hey. First thing we need to do is stop people. Like, that's probably as clear as it was for them. We can't have anybody watching us how we're going to do this. And for whatever reasons, that's just weird.
4: Bronner was charged with possession of marijuana and blocking passage. So I guess he, it doesn't sound like uh, a felony charge in this case, but uh, I suppose possession can be a felony if it's enough. Is that
2: right? Blocking? I don't know. It depends on the quantity. Yes, it I believe would also so he, depend on the line, I, wouldn't DC. So.
4: I wouldn't think so.
2: Exactly. But, I mean, at that point, it'd be traffic. But he's
4: lucky he didn't get manufacturing for having the plants there.
2: That's probably a good point. Yeah, I don't know how but they don't
0: want him to have a. They don't want him to get a, a felony charge because then he'll get a jury trial.
2: Good point. That's probably a good point as well. Yeah. But funny, they, you said they charged him with something like blocking or... Blocking passage. Okay, and then they shut down the whole road and the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: He's
0: blocking the sidewalk, he's so blo- they shut down the road and the sidewalk on the other side of the street. Yeah. right, yeah. I mean, like, as if he's blocking everything. People so just go around him. So we do
2: thing and call it legal. Awesome. Monday's
4: protest was not Bronner's first action in favor of hemp cultivation in the U.S. He, in 2009, gathered with activists to plant hemp seeds on the front lawn of the Drug Enforcement Administration Museum and Visitor Center in Arlington. The protesters at the time, including Bronner, were arrested and charged with trespassing. This is the kind of business owner that we need more of in this country. A business owner who has... I mean, like most business owners, something to lose. But yet he's not afraid to stand up for what he believes in and put him his own personal freedom on the line and probably to some extent the success of his business because in a lot of cases, if you're a key man in your business and you're not there, it it's can a, be difficult for the, the business to By a operated. lot of
0: cases, it's probably something like 90 percent of businesses if the key man isn't there it's gone
4: right so if more business owners had the uh the cojones that this guy does then we'd probably see more change in this country it's a shame that so many of them cower and do exactly what they're told tim is listening in wisconsin to xm satellite radio uh, america's talk hey tim tim in wisconsin going Sir, how are you tonight hey, great what's on your mind you're on with ian Adamo, and mark Okay, yeah. Um, I like
9: your radio program. Don't always agree with you guys, but uh, that's part of freedom, And uh, but I appreciate a lot of the opinions that come out on your program what you talk about. Thank
4: you, sir. Uh, What's on just, your mind tonight?
9: Just listening in on this guy who beat the child raper to death, um, I believe that this guy is an American hero, and I kind of I commend the police for not pursuing or pushing the envelope on any kind of real investigation. I mean, if something, you know, the guy was employed by the the man, and obviously there wasn't an issue previous or there would have been some conflict in the household before, I think that if somebody catches somebody molesting a child, they should be beat to death. I mean, that's that's my law. I think all child molesters should be put to death with the silver bullet theory.
2: But so, do, you, do you believe you're able to force your views of justice on another person?
9: Oh, absolutely. When it comes to protecting a child, since a child can't protect themselves, you absolutely force justice on another i believe in vigilante justice in your own
4: home well tell you what tim hang on we can uh, come back talk to you more about that if you'd like stick with us 855-450-FREE that's the SACL cai toll free line well what if you just don't like somebody and you want to kill them and you just say they were molesting a child would that be uh okay what kind of evidence do you need to get away with putting someone to death on the spot free talk live
1: are you looking for camping hunting or shooting gear
4: Is Free Talk Live. Toll free number tonight for you, 855 450 free, the SACL CAI toll free line. You can, of course, join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features waiting for you there. Now, if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can. Amp the show. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for advertise, market, and promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month. We take that in, invest it into Free Talk Live, and proceed to get on more great radio stations across the country and bring more internet listeners on board and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. If that's valuable to you and it's worth the price of a cup of coffee... Go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up there with any major credit card through PayPal, or you can use Visa or MasterCard right on our website. Over at amp.freetalklive.com, you'll get uh, perks like access to the amp only call in lines, amp only podcast and more. Get the uh, details and get signed up, and it makes a difference when you do. So thanks in advance. Uh, Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Back to Tim, listening in Wisconsin to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Uh, Tim, you're back on, and you were saying that the man who beat the uh, child molester to death is a a hero. Alleged child molester. The alleged child molester, because, yeah, has it been proven that this person was molesting children?
9: Well, was it proven that he wasn't?
4: <laughs> this is I mean, this is America, and you're innocent until proven
0: guilty in this country, right?
9: Well, unfortunately, we all have the understanding that yeah, you know, people are innocent until proven guilty, but we also know that child molesters get off easier than somebody who sells a quarter bag of marijuana.
10: That's not
0: uh, true.
9: Child molesters serve less true. time. There's Look, no real. I spent wait wait wait, wait 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 a anymore. second.
0: I spent eight year eight and a half years in prison, and there were a bunch of child molesters in there, and nobody in with a dime bag of marijuana. So, I mean, you might be what you might be saying might be true about say ten crack rocks but still i mean if you get caught for child molesting generally you're getting
4: years and you're um, generally not going to have a good time in prison if you are in there for child yeah. molesting well
9: there's a there's a child molester here locally that just got convicted for molesting one or raping one of his own family members and he was a professor at a university here at Stevens Point he's only getting 8 years and this little bit of supervision i personally believe that amongst my circle of friends and we talk about this because we all have children and I think this is a general consensus in my circles of, of people that you, we don't want to take these chances anymore.
10: What We're chances? tired of
9: watching cow molesters get off. If this guy caught a guy in the act of molesting his four-year-old daughter who can't testify <laughs> on her own behalf. That's right. I mean, the, the doctors are involved. Why would this guy let his, take his daughter to the doctor if nothing happened? See,
0: to me there 's no cover up well the doctors they there's took no... him, they took him to okay the police sent her to the doctors because he made that claim, okay, and then yeah, the I mean, doctors uh, you know treated her and released her now we don 't know what sure. the evidence is i don 't know what the evidence is in this circumstance, well, but I relayed guys, a story and of what happened to me in my life. Did you get to hear that story in the first hour? I did not okay that story was that a kid came into a restroom where I was at a campground one time and wanted okay. help. Going to the bathroom. He wanted me to undo his zipper. He couldn't get a zipper undone. Okay. Now, can you imagine, try to imagine right now, me standing in the middle of a restroom playing with this kid's zipper. Which you while, didn't do. Well, right. I decided not to do this um, while, Bubba sure walks in, while Bubba walks in with his trucker cap and then beats me to death over it.
9: But can, it, that didn't happen to you.
0: It didn't happen. But this is the circumstance that may have occurred. Well, I, and but we but don't know because he killed the man. Oh.
9: But your situation is hypothetical compared no, it's
0: to It's not hypothetical. Person. It happened. I chose not to touch the kid's zipper because I'm petrified of what could happen from so, a legal standpoint of so some psycho. Because so wait happen. a second, I want to finish my statement. Because there's a witch hunt on in this country for sex offenders, and therefore people will assume that a man is guilty rather than assuming he's innocent. You are assuming a person's guilt. I am not assuming yes anything you are other you're saying you head. called the father a, a a national hero. if that doesn't Absolutely. assume that other guy's guilt, I don't know what does Tim
4: right you got no well, proof we, beyond the man's I, word.
0: I'm not saying you're wrong here, like if this guy did this, I get where you're coming from, but we don't know because there's a dead man, and I say that people shouldn't jump to conclusions here. that's why we have a legal system, right
9: Well. I would I could only presume that the doctors would report anything that would be suspicious or contradicting to, to the circumstances to don't whom? you agree
0: To whom? To the authorities. Have you Just ever like heard, heard of, of HIPAA? Any Have base. you ever heard of HIPAA? The doctors don't uh, you know aren't able to give up that kind of information. So I mean if there was no penetration the doc-
3: You've heard of the Patriot Act, they are. The,
0: the, the there there is <laughs> look if there's no penetration then is it still molestation? They didn't claim battery, sexual battery. They claimed molestation. Molestation isn't going to necessarily leave any marks. Real quick, I I think Uh, I'm in in
9: between the caller. Time out, time out. Molestation is going to leave mental wounds on that child. Agreed. The doctors can't figure those out.
10: I
2: think Mark's point is about evidence.
9: evidence. You can't? As a rational human being, are you telling me you Tim, can't figure you're that out? Tim, you're talking about
4: taking somebody's you need a word for to it. Tell you that right? you're going to be emotionally yeah. scarred from a no, from a Tim. I'm not
0: saying that at all. All I'm saying is is that you you propose that the doctors examining the child was evidence, and I'm telling you that there isn't necessarily evidence okay. with the claim as molestation.
4: Now, hang on, guys. Dan, uh, I want to get a demo in here. Yeah,
2: I just think I think I'm be between the caller and, and and you guys here in the studio. I think like in this case, the the man who uh beat the other guy, unfortunately, to death. He, I'm fine with the person making his decision. You have to make your choice. So if he feels that when he entered that room or that area, I mean, that this is what needed to be done, and uh, maybe he comes out and says, well, I was just trying to stop him, and the, the actual death part is accidental. Either way... Um, it, like I had said earlier in the show, if the family of the victim then comes by and says, Well, there was a $2 million life insurance policy and these guys were business partners and there's probably other motives, that would make me be more suspect. I'm fine with any individual, the caller, anybody here in, in studio. I don't, I don't, by the way,
4: I don't know all the details. Was I wasn't here for no, there's nothing prefer, like that. Okay. There, there
2: is nothing like that. The
9: but the I was farm. just
0: saying. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. What, what was that? <laughs> but look, Repeat. The main
9: Tim. reason I called is because I, I heard somebody on your program call the dead person the victim when when there's no evidence whatsoever that the child is not the victim i well, believe the child is the victim what we have are allegations right
4: all we have in this case are allegations isn't that right where the the allegation is this man was molesting the child was caught in the act and then beaten to death so you only have allegations of child molestation by someone who claims to have witnessed it isn't that right
9: sure but then, so well, all course, you have to do well, is claim all death. you have to it's do is claim that somebody that was was, was molesting them.
4: a child and then you can just kill that person yeah. okay sure that I mean, sounds I mean, crazy, Tim. do you understand that that's crazy do you but understand that that is crazy
9: there's the dead... I mean, I feel the same way about the TSA. I don't feel that anybody in the TSA should be able to be molesting people either. They should be beaten on location.
4: Well, I don't think violence solves problems, and clearly no. you do. No, uh, but, but it eliminates so My question, it okay, eliminates Tim,
9: issues doesn't solve problems. If it you consider, the, the main
0: issue. You consider it molestation Eliminate. what the TSA does, and, and I get where you're coming from. It fits all the, the definitions, but to some extent, you talked about this mental scarring, and I don't know whether this mental scarring happens um, with the TSA or necessarily. With uh, with young children, to you know, it, it, with the TSA, like ninety nine percent plus. Of the people that go through aren't mentally scarred by it. Certainly, some people are, and usually they have uh, issues having to do well, with
9: rape. Did you hear the most recent one? where the ladies screaming for the police to help her because she was actually
4: physically molested? Tim, thanks for the. I, I appreciate your call tonight. I want to make sure we can get somebody else in, and but you're welcome yeah, to call back any help. night, thanks, guys. I appreciate you talking us further. Thanks, no problem. Uh, Becky's on the line with uh, some comments as well. Also listening to XM's America's Talk. Hey, Becky.
5: Hey. Um, I've never listened to y'all before, um, and I really like your show. Oh, welcome. But I've never, I don't know your history, um, but I'm going to throw out the old canard of, do you have any children?
0: I've got a four-year-old.
5: You do? Yes.
0: Same age as this girl.
5: I I know that the, um, it's never right to take a life, and I read where this, where the father was very sorrowful that, that it happened that's what i'd say but, too if
0: i killed a man so he may or may not be i just I, you know i'm I, I guess i gotta be yeah. kind of suspect right
5: well more than more than her father heard her scream mm-hmm. and
0: i didn't so, hear that part of the story I've, I've read uh, a couple of stories on it and i haven't i haven't seen any other evidence and i just don't know my my concern here isn't what necessarily happened my concern is is that we probably shouldn't jump to death um, like that's probably not the first thing we should go to when well, we're
4: well what would have happen had he well, pulled out a cell phone and recorded instead of started you know beating somebody
5: well the thing about it is i am sure that he was so enraged and if if, if, if i was in that situation and i came in and saw somebody um molesting my son one of my child one of my sons and if I had a baseball bat they would have to pull me off of him. And I am sure that he was so enraged that he wasn't he wasn't thinking. He was just trying right.
0: But I believe if, you're right about I d- that. But I told a story where, you know, it could look like something's happened that isn't necessarily happening. And I that's these are what my concerns Something are Something that this could area.
4: enrage someone for an entirely it, wrong It's a reason. horrible
0: crime. If if this horrible crime happened, you know, hey, I, I, I'm not going to complain as much.
4: Becky, I wish we had more time to talk to you. But tonight, we're out of it. Uh, back tomorrow, online in the meantime, at freetalklive.com. Check out a demo at coplock.org. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark.
0: All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post show here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark Edge with you. And today I have with me Jonathan E. Mord, uh, author of Restore the Republic. Is that right, Jonathan? Yes. Excellent. So um, now you've got uh, you've made a claim here that the um, the FDA is uh, condemning the terminally ill. Is that right?
11: Yes, the FDA has a process in place which has not infrequently caused those who are um, unable to receive any relief from FDA-approved treatments and who are terminally ill to be denied access to clinical trials, even when the sponsors of the clinical trials have agreed to admit them.
0: Now, what's that process? And, uh, why is it that that uh, people who, um, you know, if, if people want to be in the trials and the sponsors want them in the trials, why can't they be in them?
11: Well, this is a quirky thing. The FDA jealously guards drug uh, trials and uh, does so, allegedly, to protect the public from unapproved drugs, which may be unsafe. The real reason for it is that it's protecting an anti-competitive environment, which enables those who get drug approval to have a monopoly and to be able to be assured that no one out there is marketing drugs that are not FDA-approved. And this leads them to create this odd uh, system, which doesn't allow any sponsor of a clinical trial to admit a person into the trial who doesn't meet perfectly the criteria um, despite need, except um, when they have determined that no other FDA-approved drug would be appropriate, other clinical trials would not be more appropriate, that the person is one for whom uh, there is a potential for success, et cetera, et cetera all second-guessing paternalistically, the judgment of the uh, the attending physicians and oncologists, and even of the sponsor of the clinical trial. And that's not to say that the FDA doesn't allow a lot of people into clinical trials under Somebody their must be in them, right? use exemption. Some, some. Sure, many people are admitted. It's just that it, ha- it kind of plays favorites if uh, if it is a traditional uh, FDA licensee drug company that has many drugs approved under its belt. The licensee and the FDA ordinarily have a very close, cozy relationship, and oftentimes people are admitted into those trials with just a phone call asking for admission with no submission of any evidence, any um, um, patient files, or anything of any sort other than the request. But then there are others, um, like, for example, the people in the Abigail Alliance who wanted access to an experimental drug, and uh, many, many of them have been denied access. We, what is the Abigail are, Alliance? I'm
0: not
10: familiar.
11: The Abigail Alliance, you can find that on the web, um, is, a, is a group, this, this young college girl uh, whose name was Abigail, um, was denied access to a clinical trial for a drug that would have saved her from a, the ravages of colon cancer, a very effective drug in clinical trials. Uh, all the way up until uh, her, her, her father succeeded in prevailing upon politicians to weigh in with the agency, and, and they reversed their position, allowed her to have access, but only at the, the last stage of his daughter's illness, which made it impossible for her to survive mm. the trip from where she was hospitalized to the location where the clinical trial was being conducted, and therefore she didn't get access to the drug and she died. And this is the same type of thing that goes on. It's this kind of arrogant, bureaucratic uh, second-guessing of the independent professional judgment of physicians that FDA uh, uses when people need their freedom the most. When you're dying of a terminal illness and you need the right to access substances that may keep you alive, the FDA stands in your way and paternalistically second guesses the judgment of your physician. And so these things are leading us to probably, in, within the next 30 to 60 days, petition the FDA to change this rule and then sue the agency if it won't.
0: Dr. Ron Pauls calls you um, a, a hero of, health freedom, uh, of the health freedom revolution. So... If somebody has been denied access to uh, you know, some kind of FDA trial, what can they do about it? I mean, aren't they just kind of stuck like this uh, Abigail was?
11: Well, they are, and, and it's horrible what, the, uh, what they're forced to do. They, I represented a young boy, um, Zachary McConnell, who had he was only uh, 8 years old, and he had a glioblastoma, a very aggressive brain tumor. And he had been admitted into a clinical trial in Texas, uh, Brzezinski's clinical trial with antineoplastins. And he had been on the drug, and the MRI showed that the tumor in his brain that had tendrils extending through his brain had been shrinking under the antineoplastins. But the FDA uh, contacted Brzezinski and said that he had to take the child off the drug because uh, the agency took... Uh, umbrage at the fact that um, he, the information pertaining to his request for exemption was not submitted in a timely manner uh, despite the fact that he was on the drug the information didn't get to the FDA until afterwards and they uh, promptly denied him access to the drug telling the uh, Brzezinski that uh, he would have to go back to the failed treatments he had received radiation and chemo of course and um then the parents contacted me, and I fought for the better part of a month and a half to try to change this. I started off at the FDA talking to the head of oncology products, that, uh, demanding that he change it, telling him that this is barbaric, that there was direct evidence of a reduction in the tumor size, all on deaf ears, uh, even appealing to a sense of decency by saying, hey, if your own child had this, you know you would use every means in your Disposal to ensure that he had access to something that might cure his cancer because nothing you've approved could. And he just coldly rebuffed all of it, saying that they had to maintain the integrity, quote-unquote, of the drug approval process. So then we turned to Congressman Dan Burton of Indiana, and he heroically intervened and uh, condemned the agency for its refusal to allow the boy access to it, threaten the FDA commissioner with a subpoena to force him before his government oversight committee in front of uh, national television and confront the child and his parents in, 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 the, uh, in the hearing room and force him to account for not only that child but many others that he had denied access to experimental drugs. That uh, threat scared the daylights out of the FDA commissioner who then miraculously found it uh, possible to reverse his decision, alleging that they had mistakenly v- reviewed certain of the MRIs that were submitted. This took up so much time that by the time the boy got back to Brzezinski, this very aggressive brain tumor had uh, reasserted itself and mm-hmm. had extended m- into greater parts of his of his brain, and so. Uh, the antineoplastins were ineffectual in stopping this thing at that point, so he died.
0: So, I mean, when you're... T- obviously, um, the FDA making it so that people can't get uh, life-saving treatment, even if it's experimental. But, I mean, what's the worst-case scenario in, a, in experimental drugs? Death? I mean, a lot of these people are terminally ill, so, I mean, the worst-case scenario is the best-case scenario in a lot of cases.
11: So, Well, that's right, and we're not talking about things that are just, uh, you know, pie in the sky and heroic things. We're talking about drugs that people are investing in clinical trials millions of dollars in the, in the, the hope based on uh, sound scientific reasoning that this thing is going to be prove effectual in the treatment of the disease. So uh, in those circumstances, you know, you're taking an educated physician who is experienced, who is treating a person with a terminal illness, who believes that that person is unlikely to to benefit from continued treatments that are approved, and who believes that access to an experimental drug is necessary, and who oftentimes uh, uh, looks at the experimental treatments and helps guide the patient to the ones that uh, are an issue. And then the patient... With full knowledge, knows that there's a chance it won't work, there's a chance that it might only work to some degree but insufficiently to save them, and that it might have deleterious effects, none of which ordinarily involve uh, uh, death, in that, you know, as a causative factor of taking the drug but the drug may um, may be ineffectual. But they're willing to take that risk. They have nothing to lose. They know that if they continue with the FDA's treatments, they will die. And not only that, the FDA's approved treatments, typically radiation and chemotherapy, are certainly uh, extremely dangerous, toxic, and oftentimes lethal when, uh, when, when taken by an immune-compromised person who's in... Uh, dire straits, they oftentimes result in opportunistic infections and ones that can prove fatal. They can reduce body weight. They can dramatically uh, transform organs in the body. They can create secondary and tertiary cancers. They can cause kidney failure and liver failure. I mean, uh, the the FDA-approved drugs are certainly not a a panacea. I mean, they're ineffectual. They're ineffectual in the, in almost every case of cancer. Some exceptions do exist, but since the war on cancer was commenced by Richard Nixon in 1971, the hundreds of billions of dollars expended to find the "quote unquote" cancer cure has resulted in no change in longevity for the typical person diagnosed with cancer. The typical person diagnosed with terminal cancer, will die at the same time regardless of whether they take an FDA-approved treatment or not. In other words, you could go without any radiation and chemotherapy and die at approximately the same time as you would if you undergo the FDA-approved regimen for these cancers and expend your life savings and, and uh, go into debt further uh, to, to maintain these, these treatments.
0: Now, that's specifically for cancer?
11: Um, Yes, uh, the the petition that we're filing will be not limited to just cancer, but uh, it will address all terminal illnesses.
0: Now, um, you know, sometimes, obviously, it takes a long time to get through the FDA process and people die while, um, you know, going through that process. The FDA denies them participating in uh, these trials. So, I mean, the FDA has, uh, you know, sort of the weight of American deaths on its head in that way. But, you know, what we would be, what I suppose we're supposed to believe is, is that when the FDA... Does finally approve a drug that that drug is safe and um, that the side effects are worth it or whatever, but I mean you are always seeing these uh, these uh, commercials from the the lawyers out there saying you know call me at one eight hundred bad drug um, or something like that, and uh, so I mean you know even the ones that do get through the FDA process sometimes are deadly.
11: Well, people have to understand that this whole system is corrupt and. Is prone to enormous errors uh, and errors that they uh, that are not unanticipated. The way the system works is a drug company files a petition for drug approval with the FDA. The drug company itself does all the testing that supports right. the application. FDA does no testing of the drug. Uh, agent itself, so there's no independent testing and there's an inherent conflict of interest with the drug company that's the sponsor of the trial being the one that is submitting clinical trials in support of it. The FDA conducts no safety inquiry unless it finds evidence in the application that suggests a safety problem that otherwise presumes that the drug company is truthful in its representations as to the absence of a safety problem. And so, uh, in other words, the drug company really does call the shots. In fact, it even pays for the process of review under the Uh, prescription drug user fee act the drug industry pays 40 to 60 percent of the cost of the review of its own drugs and inside the agency there's tremendous corruption political managers make all of the final determinations and the interim determinations that guide a drug application through The medical reviewers at the FDA notoriously uh, turn into whistleblowers and complain bitterly that uh, they lack independent uh, judgment, uh, uh, respect for their judgment, that when they oppose a drug they're frequently berated, isolated, ostracized, and uh, given negative reviews or even put in a position where they can't uh, publish in the peer-reviewed literature or give lectures. The associate director of the FDA's own Office of Drug Safety, David Graham, has stated repeatedly, both in congressional testimony and in interviews, that the FDA is hopelessly biased in favor of the drug industry, that it approves as many drugs as it can, regardless of whether they're safe or efficacious, that the FDA views the drug industry as its client, as many FDA managers have said to FDA medical reviewers and as a consequence numerous drugs have been approved that are unsafe we need only look at a couple of egregious examples to see just how powerful the drug company's influence is over this agency uh, Via aventis has a drug called key which is a super supposedly a super antibiotic this drug is approved and in the market right now now in the uh, drug application for approval of Santa Ventus' drug, KeTEC, included, among others, a primary clinical trial that appeared to the FDA's medical reviewers to just be too perfect. It seemed like there were fewer dropouts than would ordinarily be the case, that there were the results were too pristine and that they were too excessively favorable, so the medical reviewers started querying the company and its uh, uh, um, clinical investigators for proof of the empirical data underlying this trial. To show the informed consents, the names of the patients, the place where the the clinical trial was conducted, the actual empirical results as they came along from each test performed, all the blood work, etc. And they got a big goose egg back. They were shocked, and they turned over the fact that there was no evidence of this clinical trial to the FBI. The FBI conducted a detailed investigation, brought fraud charges against those who were involved specifically with this clinical trial after concluding that no clinical trial took place, that they made the whole thing up. Now, On the face of all this evidence, one would think that the FDA commissioner would deny the uh, drug application and in fact that's what the medical reviewers at FDA expected but instead the FDA uh, commissioner overruled the medical reviewers and granted the application. Wow. Not only that uh, the application was granted with indications for the drug that came out of the fraudulent clinical trial. Jeez. So I mean I don't think you can find a more profound example than that of just how controlling the drug industry is over The FDA and there are many other examples we could discuss about the abuses that take place that are extreme to protect the financial interests of these drug companies against the better interests of the health of the American public. And so there are many drugs on the market today that the FDA's own medical reviewers have deemed too unsafe to be on the market and yet there they are and they're being prescribed by physicians across the country day after day. With the very harms that were predicted by the agency's medical reviewers occurring. It's not just Viox. You know, Viox is another typical example. There were one hundred and forty thousand heart attacks caused by Viox, and there were sixty thousand deaths from heart attack caused by Viox. The number of people who died from Viox is comparable to the number of people who died in the Vietnam War.
0: Jeez. Wow. Uh, now, what <laughs> what can anybody do about this? I mean, you know, the FDA. We, we've been talking about it on Free Talk Live uh, for you know years, years and years about how it's just out of control. And uh, you know, obviously, we don't have the depth of knowledge that, that you do. But I mean, clearly, if they're keeping drugs away from people that might save them, they're responsible for those deaths. But what can the what can anybody do about this, uh, J- uh, Jonathan Emdod?
11: Well, this is a, uh, this is a problem that is a characteristic of really the transformation of the United States government from a government of limited powers and of, of, uh, Republican form, uh, as is specified by our Constitution, into a government of unlimited power and that really has become a bureaucratic oligarchy. The FDA is largely unaccountable to the courts, the Congress, and the American people, it, yet it controls one quarter of, all, uh, of every dollar uh, in the market. Uh, wow. It regulates every food, every drug, every medical device, every biologic uh, so its, its power is immense, and yet its head is a dictator, one person, unelected, who never has to account. And um, this is why we have such corruption. Uh, they know when they get in there as FDA commissioner if they play their cards right and favor the, 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 the state-sponsored monopolies that are the largest drug companies in the world those companies will handsomely reward them when they leave office. The solution to this problem is to essentially Uh, remove power from the FDA and have the drug approval process performed in a blinded fashion at universities where actual testing is done, independent testing done of the safety and efficacy of drug agents and determinations are are made as to whether a drug is safe and efficacious and then it is approved based on science without any influence from the drug industry in a blinded manner. And this type of system could be done, uh, could be created statutorily, and it would be enormously beneficial. It would enable people who didn't have the resources of a drug company, didn't have to expend the typical amount that they expend in order to play the FDA game, which is immense. The FDA system is terribly anti-competitive to file an application for a new drug. Uh, requires a filing fee that's in excess of $290,000 just, just to file the application. And, and the I application, hear
0: it takes tens of billions to get through. Is, is, that, is that an exaggeration?
11: Well, a typical drug costs from the discovery phase to the final agency approval, $600 million,
0: 600 million dollars of on average. Okay.
11: Yeah, so it's beyond the reach of any but the largest drug monopolies in the world, and that's what's uh, keeping us from an enormous number of, of new drugs that would be very helpful. And um, it's it's ruinous to us. It's a system that's so corrupt that it's uh, destroying the quality of medical care around the world, and it's... Um, it's causing people to make enormous sums of money. These commissioners leave the FDA, and they go into uh, positions when they get out that are financed by these large drug companies, and they are paid handsomely, many, many multiples of the amount of money they, are, they are received as a commissioner of the FDA. And so if you, it's very clear. If they play their cards right, they favor the right entities, they'll leave with a uh, the promise of riches and, and for the rest of their days. And so there, many of them have been willing to sacrifice the lives of people to placate the interests of these powerful parties so they can benefit themselves.
0: Jonathan Emord, um, if people want to get a hold of you, I mean, obviously they can read your book, Restore the Republic, and actually you have a couple of other books here, and uh, you, you, uh, work, uh, you're a columnist for USA Today magazine, is that correct? Yes. Um, if they want to, you know, find out more about what you're doing, maybe get a hold of you in case they have some kind of problem with the FDA, how do they do that?
11: Well, um, they can go to my website at emord.com, and there they can uh, go through a secure link to purchase any of any of my uh, books. And then um, uh, if they want to reach us, they can uh, send an email to jemord at emord.com.
0: And emord spelled E-M-O-R-D. That's right. Okay, great. Jonathan, uh, thank you for the interview.
11: You're welcome.
1: Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique Silver Dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel you'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't Tread on Meme. That's DontTreadOnMeme.com.